welcome to Totally Tell Me, an uh, entertainment review podcast where we talk about movies, music, food, and fun. Oh, yeah, Laura filled in the blanks there. It wasn't quite a blank. I was actually going to say it, but it's fine. I mean, you know. I wanted to match you on that. My name's Dominic McCreo, and I'm here with Laura, Laura Weinbach. Oh, What's up? Oh, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I mean, we haven't done this in a bit, so, uh, you know, we, got, we still got to figure out our uh, our pacing, you know, like what I say, what she says, and, and vice versa, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, I feel like probably some of you are here for the very first time, and some of you maybe have seen the show before, but figured we'd uh, do a little quick uh, quick recap of what the hell this is. Uh, totally tell me we live stream episodes bi-weekly every uh, every other Sunday at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, we go live on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook. And then later, the Wednesday following any live episode, we post the episode to uh, podcasts, all the podcast services. Um, and of course, right now we are live. So if you want to be a part of the show, feel free to comment. We see your comments. Your comments are up in the screen here too. Um, and oh, and our intro music, of course, was uh, by little known band called Foxtails Brigade, um, Steak and Cookies, latest affair that we just released or the video was just released. True. Got any comment on that, Laura? That's that would be my comment. It was just released. Right, right. <laughs> Thank uh, you for that. Me and Laura are both in the band. So, you know, it's uh, we, we kind of got it a uh, little works. bit. Yeah, kind of. We just figured like, uh, what should we play? Uh, us, maybe? Something obviously good. Right, yeah. Like we we're going to need something. Something undeniable. Something it, that, like that maybe, works. Yeah, maybe like something that we're in. I mean, something that we made. Something. Uh, it doesn't even matter. It's just something that is obviously going to be better than most other things. Right, right, right. I'm pretty sure. Um, should we, think? should we like reintroduce ourselves a little <laughs> bit here? I feel like, um, okay. you know, uh, who are you? Who am Explain I? Yourself. <laughs> uh, I'm the drummer of that band that I you just watched. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also a filmmaker. <clears throat> I l- obviously love to talk movies. So I feel like that's kind of how we like started the podcast was I was like many, many years ago at this point, probably like what? 2017 is when we started it. Something around there. Was it? I think. Wow. Okay. 2018 mm. maybe? 2017? No, that sounds about right. It's just when I think about the course of events that took place in 2017, mm-hmm. a lot happened that right. year. <clears throat> and yet it seemed as though Totally Tell Me had already been happening. Mm-hmm. But alas, I think it was not. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, <laughs> I mean, look, we <laughs> started it. We love to watch movies. Uh, kind of, We started it like used to just be... Uh, well, it used to be movies and music. I feel like basically <coughs> now we just review movies. But well, um, we also would talk about food and fun. Right, food and fun as well. Such as course. the tagline suggests. Right, 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 right. But <laughs> I these think days, in our first pe- episode we did discuss the merits of Pocky and the many flavors within which exist under the umbrella of the name. We definitely did. Pocky. Yeah, Pocky was is has been a um, a brand that has been with us since, uh, since day one, really. Yeah. yeah, since the beginning. But yeah, and Laura, who are you? Who are you? Uh, I'm Laura <laughs> Weinbach. Um, sister, friend, wife, mother, actress, model, goddess, pretty sure. <laughs> um, and I provide entertaining discourse and just overall engaging company to those who are um so lucky and uh grace to be within my presence 
that's beautiful i'm actually it comes down to i am crying actually right now are you this very moment yeah wow um you just can't see dropped it. your eye yeah yeah <laughs> um so look we've been out of the game for a little bit here i looked up and our last episode was june 27th 2021 which mm. is truly 2.5 years ago which is uh you know a little crazy to think about i, I would say I, I actually found a clip from our last episode in which we addressed um, how long we would be away. So I figured I'd just play that for us real quick. So here we go. I guess here's what I should say. This is going to be our final episode for some time. I mean, some time. We don't know exactly how much time. We don't know how much time we have left on this planet ever. <laughs> I think there's that. always uh, a bit of uncertainty um, but I think what we can say for certain is we will not be doing episodes for some time. I mean, I think that's quite simply all, uh, all that uh, we can commit to. Is that not uh, correct? I mean, mm, I mean, like, I think um, one and a half to two months. One and a half to two months. <laughs> More like two and a half to three years. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, that's so, wow. The, my camera looked so much crappier than yours currently does, it seems. But mm. oh wow, well, I think know. that was being broadcast from my camera, right? It was, yeah. That, that was at your house. We're currently at my house right We're now. Not to like his, dox me or anything. Yeah, look at his pad. Right. Yeah, this it's is, all kind of like gamer esque, isn't it? <laughs> I was trying to do blue. like you know what what should, what should our uh, Twitch uh, live stream setup look like? And so here we are. We got our little you know. This has a definite a definitive Twitch. Right. Or or a field. Right. But here we are 2.5 years later. We're going to. So this episode today, we are going to count down our top 10 favorite films of 2023, even though we did miss uh, 2022 and half of 2021. But we're just going to focus on 2023 for this episode. I do feel like we have a hefty bit of an episode um, coming our way. And I'm sure we'll chit chat in between things as well. Mm Um, and let me just say too, like, this isn't a normal episode for us. Usually on our episodes, we'll review one film. Um, we'll kind of chit chat in the first half episode and then we get into a film. We, we do like a deep dive into that film first spoiler free, and then we get into spoilers. But, uh, this episode we wanted to kind of do, um, which we've done a couple times before a recap episode. So we're going to, um, be counting down our top 10. It's but the annual so you know, it's top like, 10. It's right. the annual beginning of the year top 10. Right. We only do the these episodes year. once a year, but we figured why not start with a little special one and then right. we'll get back into our more regular programming, which I think will probably, this will probably be a slightly longer episode and just a different format. So, you know, um, this isn't how we always do it, but it is how we, we will be doing it uh, for today. So look, um, let me pull this up. We have, we have some blank lists here as you can see on the screen for our video listeners, audio listeners, I'm so sorry, but we will be saying what, what our, uh, what our top tens are as we get to them. But we have up in this corner, my 10, your 10, they're totally blank as of now. Um, so I think what we should do is go back and forth. Like I'll say a 10, you say a 10 or you, or vice versa. If you want to, do you want to go first? Um, no. Okay. So I, 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 I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to start with my 10 and then Laura's going to go with her 10 and we're going to keep on going all the way up until we get to our number one. And we'll, we'll stop here and there and we'll chit chat. And, uh, we also want to hear from you too. Like, let us know, uh, what 
some of your, your favorite. Is. <laughs> yeah, let, let us know what some of your favorite, or let us know number what your 10. favorite movie is. Yeah, or actually, oh. yeah, your number ten. Whatever like, you want to. Or let us you know. know, let us know what your number six is. There's no rules in the chat, people. Other than if you say something we don't like, we'll block you. But <laughs> we will block. Um, <laughs> we are not afraid to block. You can and say we will. whatever you want. I guess right. you can try. <laughs> so okay, to kick us off, um, hold up. My number ten uh, for 2023. Talk to me. Mm. Talk to me. Didn't see it. Didn't see it. No. So this is a horror film. Um, came out in the summer, I believe. Um, it's from uh, a a br- I think it's Brothers. Hold up. I'm gonna I'm gonna fact check myself a little bit here. But um, Talk to Me is by uh, directed by Michael Filippo and da- Danny Filippo, and they're they are uh, they are brothers. Talk to Me is a horror film. Uh, it's kind of like use it it it's it takes the idea of like a curse mm-hmm. film a la the ring or you know this kind of like early mm. 2000 i feel like in the early 2000s like there was like this big uh wave of curse horror films um and i think it does something really unique with it it's about this uh cursed um like hand this like mannequin hand mm-hmm. that of course the story that these kids are saying is that the the hand is a real hand that has been um like encased in wax or something like that. Mm. Anyways, so like you 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 put your hand like you shake the hand of this object, mm-hmm. and then you get possessed by the um, the what curse is it? passes on to you. Well, it's sort of like the uh, no. You can speak with the other side. No. Oh. Um, and you can communicate just while you're holding it. Oh. But of course, things begin to go awry and like okay. uh, et cetera, et cetera. I thought this was um kind of the horror movie of the year like i think horror has been in a weird spot the last few years and for mm. me this was i don't believe i put a horror movie above or i have like a thriller above this but this is like the only straightforward horror movie i have on my list mm. and i'm a huge fan of horror and for me this was like a kind of fun been. little re- return to form mm. so that's what i have to say about talk to me uh side note is that, okay i don't remember the name of it but i was browsing through movies the other night on i guess maybe amazon or maybe something else and i came across a movie that looked good mm-hmm. maybe it was an occult centered movie it was like about a witch of some kind and from last year or just i don't know recent? i think it might have been from last year okay okay and i kind of wish i would have watched it and i wish i even knew the name of it so at this point it's sort of pointless to talk about but it looked like it could be fun, you know? Like, I mean, it was the subject matter was the type of thing I'm into in terms of, like, if we're talking about horror movies, the types of horror movies that I, I gravitate mm. towards are usually ones to do with the occult and yeah. witchcraft or Satanism in general. Yeah, <laughs> this isn't, like, full occult, I would say. Nah, no, but it doesn't I think sound like it. I think you no, could, like I think you could still quite. get into it a little bit, you know? Mm. It's got some, like, somewhat occult vibes. Mm. Uh, Nicole, what's <laughs> up? Nice to see you in the chat. Uh, Nicole says talk to me would definitely make my top 10 too probably even top five um, let's see uh, Trey Trey Brown if that's how I say your name uh, the hand wait what? the hand wax you off what? I don't know what that means where Bryce is Bryce oh. is saying that I'm gonna say Dominic's number six is Saltburn. you shall see hmm. uh, interesting uh, and uh, yeah all right. Oh, oh, and then Trey Brown. Sorry, Trey Brown said, "I'm going to. I'm going to say Dominic's number six is Anatomy of a Fall again. You shall see." All right, num- uh, Laura, what's your number ten? Okay, I should probably preface my list <laughs> with a little disclaimer, which is that uh, go on. I, I really just no offense, and I hate to be the Debbie Downer of the party tonight, but 
I did not like most of the movies that came out that I saw. That's a big mm-hmm. asterisk right there. Of the movies that I saw this year, I just can't say that I felt that um, very positively inclined towards most of them. I just didn't feel it was a great year for cinema. I don't know. But then again, there were some things I didn't see. And, you know, perhaps that could have lifted my spirits with regard to the subject. Mm -hmm. But I think that with with regard to my top 10 list, Mm -hmm. the I mean, after number three, all of it is just sort of like neither here nor there. I mean, it could have been, you know, most of anything because I didn't really care about it. So like four to 10. Yeah, like four (laughs) to 10. It's kind of just like whatever, you know, I'm just kind of throwing, I'm spitballing as they say here. I'm just kind of trying to fill in the blanks, Mm -hmm. but I didn't feel passionately about any of them really. So that's, and no offense. (laughs) Wait, actually, I'm going to, I'm going to add my disclaimer too, Mm -hmm. which is, uh, so I am, I'm putting these movies uh, for me, like the definition of a 2023 movie is if it got a wide release in 2023, because there are a couple things that I was considering putting on, but technically they haven't been like wide released yet. So I'm like, I, I took something off. Maybe I'll say it at the end or something, but yeah. So like, it's just calendar year stuff. And I, I mean, like, I think probably like top five is what I would say are like must see movies for me. Uh-huh. And six through ten are like I highly recommend them, but it's not like it's for everyone or whatever. You know, like I didn't even feel that I had like even three must see movies. Oh, I no would offense. say I would say my top five are all must sees, but yeah, you know. yeah. I don't know. I just I don't know. What can I say? We'll talk more. Anyways. Okay, number ten, and this mm-hmm. could have been anything. I just threw this in here. Um, <laughs> I guess. Oh, wait, wait, and one last oh. thing. I will say. I actually I do not know Laura's list and she does no, not he doesn't know, know my list. Know so yes. I'm gonna be like typing it in as she says it. No, Dominic's so gonna just be like, "What the hell are you just saying and talking?" He's gonna hate me after this, but it's fine. Yeah, it's we'll it's all later. it's all it's all a, a mystery to me. Okay, um, so for me, number ten. Oh, okay. Hmm. What do I want to say here? Okay, so it could either be. All right, I guess I'm gonna put in at number ten Indiana Jones and the uh, Dial of Destiny. Oh my God! Do right. I care at all about this movie? No. I uh, would I have ever in a million years decided to watch this movie? <laughs> Hell, motherfucking no! I mean, I any you know franchise movie that was great in the '90s or '80s that is now trying to continue its you know legacy with new shit is usually in my opinion in my my expectation of it is very low and you know i don't yeah i don't think that it's going to be something that is suited towards my tastes but mm-hmm. somehow or another i was wrangled into watching this movie <laughs> <laughs> and um you know what it was a little better than i expected <laughs> oh my god and what? i'm a huge fan of the franchise well i i really like indiana jones's ones two and threes <laughs> ones twos and three i mean after three it was just sort of like a you know a black wait, hole of despair but wait hold up bryce said no offense i'm, to I'm gonna say laura's number one is indiana jones five right bryce you're say. wrong it's not number one but add a zero there and you're correct um <laughs> yeah off by nine the thing is though is um you know, it's, and if my brothers were here, they might even have something better to say about it than me. It's, like I said, my numbers four through 10 are just whatever. You know what I mean? That could have been number four, honestly. Um, <laughs> maybe. No, I don't know. I might have liked a couple movies more than this, but that I saw that are in that area. But yeah, I guess number 10 is Indiana Jones. Dominic, did you see the movie? No, I did not. Do you have any interest? Absolutely not. Did you see like Raiders of the Lost Ark? Oh, the class, the three classics. classics. So do you love those? 
Um, from like what Temple I recall, yeah, uh, f- yes. I mean, what's your favorite? Look, if you're really, if you're I, like, I watched them all when I was kid. When I was a kid, like, it, for me, they're interchangeable. So I don't really remember like what happens in interchangeable. Each one. Look, I just yeah, watched them going. all. Like, you know, one, okay, two, three, whatever. I'll just watch them. You know, like, wow. Like, I, I just loved all three of them when I was a kid. I honestly have not seen them since I was a kid, so mm. I can't really like. I just don't feel like I can say if one is my favorite. You know? Oh my god! I, I guess I like the one where he takes the heart out. Which one is that? That's Temple of Doom. So I think that was the one I watched the most. Yeah. So you know, there's well, that. Well, that one I think is the most exciting. But at the same time, growing up, always my favorite one was The Last Crusade. Um, but yeah, so when they started releasing ones <laughs> after number three, I just thought, what the hell are they trying to do? They're gonna freaking you know stain this legacy with poor choices um which you know it felt i mean and no offense again to the people who are involved in the pictures um (laughs) (laughs) uh however yeah that's number 10 there's not a whole lot more to say about it but you know what it did surpass my expectations it was a little better than i expected so i'll give it that i mean i will say i'm shocked because i've heard Honestly, mostly bad things about this Oh, yeah. No, I mean, there are bad things. But also, I didn't see that many movies, so it was a struggle to, like, come up with 10 movies. So that's kind of why that's on the list. Sure, sure. It's totally fine. It's totally fine. Okay. Should we keep moving then? Yes. Uh, So number nine for me (laughs) is Barbie. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Did you see Barbie? I did. Oh, okay. Actually, uh, that was one I saw that I didn't even put on the top ten. No offense. Holy shit! I know. Sorry. Wow. I mean, no. So you put Indiana fe- Jones' Dial of Destiny over Barbie? I yes. Oh my god! It just wasn't for me. Sorry. Talk no. about how you felt though. It's probably on a much more positive note. Go ahead. Um. <laughs> well, yeah. I thought it was like mostly a really fun movie, and mm. I think like what was look. I mean, obviously, it's worth talking about that Barbie and Oppenheimer came out uh, on the same day and be- and became like a huge thing for for um like people talking about going to the movies and like oh which one are you gonna see for me i felt like it was a little silly that people were like picking camps but i was really excited to like see people be excited about going to the movies this year mm. um and i feel like barbie had a large uh part in that so for, i mean you know it's not like that that has anything to do with the movie itself but i just wanted to like throw that out there that i'm glad that Barbie and Oppenheimer brought people back to the movies and it really did like theaters uh, got like a bit of a shot in the arm this year because of those two movies. But to speak to the movie itself, I thought this was like pretty fun, you know, like I thought it was uh, creative and and funny and clever. Um, I thought, uh, you know, the um, to kind of take it into a kind of meta direction and not just be like what I thought it was going to be, mm. which was um, I, I thought I was just, I thought it was going to be, I thought it was going to kind of be dumb, to be mm-hmm. honest. I didn't have high expectations for Barbie. Oh. And I, I wasn't really watching like a lot of the marketing, so I didn't really know what they were going for. And so for me, like I thought it was more clever than I anticipated. Hmm. And I really liked that. Hmm. Um, you know, I, again, like I don't think it's like a must-see film, but I do think that uh, it was better than I anticipated. And so it make, it makes my list simply for that. Because it w- didn't make my list, I guess I'll talk a little bit about my feelings. <laughs> yeah. Um, and in Nicole, the words Nicole of, is with you, by the way. Uh, Nicole Van uh, Yeah. Okay, Vanest. Nicole. Hi. We're ne- on the board here. She says, yeah. Barbie wasn't great. I agree. Yeah. And I know that my opinion is probably moving against the popular opinion at this point. Mm-hmm. We're not aligned with. But um, it just was, in the words of Anton Patzner, the great. <laughs> It wasn't Your, a movie. It was a lecture. 
<laughs> oh come that's on that's what it felt like sorry just, just that one part is which no, i totally agree like the with whole thing much. it was just like it was just just bashing you over the head with a, a message and i just that alone is enough to make me very sort of disinterested in a movie but it just it just wasn't my thing. Oh wait, I will say that some of the art direction was interesting and cool, and I thought that was a redeeming thing. But that is not enough to carry me through a movie. Like if it's just style over substance, that's that's really it. Almost works against it to a degree. But at the same time, I, I think movies are largely a visual medium, and so if they're going to utilize that aspect of it in a you know to you know in a maximum potential kind of way, then I think there's some points to be had for that. So I'll give it that. Mm-hmm. But overall, oh, no, I'm so sorry. I just really, really disliked it. And I felt that it was sort of a, it really wasn't helping the cause a little. I mean, for me. <laughs> but I, I think, think that other w- people felt that it did. You know, I think I that a think lot of people. I think it was like, uh, it went overboard with its message, I suppose, mm-hmm. in a couple points for me. But I also felt like it, it didn't, it didn't really like, it wasn't like annoying. To me, it was Oh, I thought annoying. it was, I hate to say it, but annoying, no offense. All right, I, I just felt that, that it was annoying and that um <clears throat> you know it it was not subtle it was so it lacking in like nuance and just sort of yeah it just didn't have that sort of that nuanced graceful way of conveying an idea you know it was just very sort of hitting you over the head I mean, it was just so extreme it was like they had to freaking spell it out mm-hmm. in every way they possibly could and i just you know that's just how i felt about it no offense <laughs> uh let's read star's comment here funniest uh funniest thing i saw today was marina Ab- Ab- abramovic i don't know who she is abramovic abramovic uh talking about barbie saying she she didn't like it because she didn't play with dolls uh um in the ussr she played with invisible beings and shadows which made me laugh but i like the idea of bringing a hollywood epic bringing and, back a hollywood. Uh, bringing back a hollywood epic and having it be pretty and girly for most of the movie yeah, I just thought it was fun, you know? Like, I look, let's have some fun sometimes. <laughs> That's See, all. I just felt that it wasn't fun. I felt that it was just unfun. Fair enough, fair enough. You know? All right. I like fun. Should you do <laughs> your nine? Oh, sure. Uh, my nine. Um, great. So now I have to lay into something again. Um, let's see. I guess we'll talk. I'll throw number nine as... See, it's weird. I wrote out my list, but I'm still kind of working it out. I think for me, number nine would have had to be May-December. May, December. Okay. Also, yeah, I didn't love this movie. No offense, but (laughs) (laughs) it just, I felt that the running gag throughout the movie, I guess I wasn't even sure if it was supposed to be a joke, but the music was so unbearable and like, what? Yeah. Well, I thought it was very intentionally like being kind of a soap opera. I know, but it was just like, why ruin the whole movie with this one joke that is not really that funny? You know what I mean? You mean because you felt like they were repeating? The joke is like this overly dramatic mu- music that was a reference to some other whatever they got the music from, and they were well, using it, it in these. No, well, it was from something or whatever. I think it was a score, was it not? The music was some was it was actually like from something else. So there wasn't an original score for the film. Well, I don't know. I just know that the main theme that they kept playing after every like whatever dramatized mo- like moment of of conflict or whatever mm-hmm. tension was some music that was taken from something else. I forget what it was, but right. I was just like, are they serious with this music or what? And then I read, you know, I was reading some, you know, reviews on it and various 
uh, insights about the movie and it was supposed to be a joke, but I just feel that the joke, I mean, for me, it just, the type of humor that is embedded within that kind of a joke is not really my humor. You know what I mean? It's a bit on the thespian sort of side of things. It doesn't really speak to my inner, you know what I mean? <laughs> I like how you're going through your top 10 list and you're like, and <laughs> my number nine didn't really love it. Like, <laughs> here's the things that I like didn't really like about it. The score was a little overbearing. Yeah, and it was like not, and yes, Nicole, thank you. It wasn't fun, exactly. And read, to have should, it be the thing that for, happens for, throughout the whole movie is just for, like, hello. For audio listeners, you should. Oh, oh, for, oh yeah, Nicole said it was wasn't fun exactly yes it wasn't fun exactly i agree mm-hmm. um and it just was a little exploitative i guess if we're gonna be honest you know i mean so what did you like about it? did you i thought uh, what did i like about it i, I mean thought, you liked this more than okay, indiana jones i liked it more than because i do think and i did think that um that uh, Natalie Portman and mm-hmm. Julianne Moore's performances were very good, and I think also the other, the main guy. Uh, sorry, let me just find his name. Um, Charles Char- Melton. Uh, Charles Melton. Yeah, I thought he was great. I thought his performance was really good. I mean, like basically the pivotal moments of drama, like that happen for that character, are enough to make me feel like, okay, this is a good performance, and I, I can applaud that. <laughs> but overall as a movie like would I ever watch it again no probably hell no but how about you <laughs> uh it actually didn't make my top 10 so I may as well oh, just like okay. be chatting so you like Barbie more than this wow I did but I uh well I really liked this movie I thought it like did some really interesting stuff but for me I felt like um there was a few like major problems I had with it like the ending I thought was a little what you know mm. like uh, I don't. I don't want to get into it again. We were not going to spoil in the in any of the films that we're going to talk about. But I, for me, like it just didn't fully uh, hit. You know. Uh huh. Um, I was just going to mention though that so this is directed by Todd Haynes. I, I'll try and say the director's. <laughs> I'll try and be better. Yeah, about yeah, that Todd Haynes. Indeed. But this is a Todd Haynes film. Uh, he did Carol, which I did rewatch. Have you seen Carol? I have not. I like rewatched it after I watched May December. I I I liked May December. Like it was still a really fun time. Mm. Uh, like I enjoyed it. But yeah, I just thought like it didn't. It wasn't like a success to me. But I love I love Carol. Like I I rewatched Carol and I was like, damn. That movie is so good. So I just feel like if you saw May, December and you liked it, highly recommend Carol. Um, A film, let's see, he did that in uh, 2015. Mm -hmm. So check that out. Uh, Should we keep keep it going? Sure. Yeah, what was your, yeah, so number eight for you. Yeah, so now we're going to get to number eight. My number eight is Oppenheimer. Oh, yeah, I didn't see that, unfortunately. I probably should see that. Oppenheimer is uh, directed by Christopher Nolan. Um... It uh, came out the same day as Barbie. <laughs> Christopher Nolan, if you don't know, I mean, he's a he's a major director, but he directed Interstellar, The Dark Knight trilogy, Inception, Memento, Tenant, um, and this is his latest film um, about Oppenheimer, the uh, the man who created um, the atomic bomb. Uh, the film is, a, is it's a biopic, uh, but it's very kind of like um, I don't know. It, it it's it's like a it gets into the weeds of like the science for sure. But I also think there's a pop element to it of like, it, it makes it very like exciting. Like even though a lot of there, there are long stretches of the film, for example, that I was, I was like, str- I, I'm like trying to like keep up with what they're saying, you know, cause they're talking a lot of like 
borderline gibberish to me as someone who does not understand the theories you know the scientific theories behind the atomic bomb Mm -hmm. but like the humanity of it is Mm -hmm. i think very much present um christopher nolan films sometimes to me can can be a bit cold and (laughs) i do feel like this film is a bit cold at times too but Oh right, that was Christopher Nolan. Okay, this is all. Yeah, this That's is all Christopher I need Nolan. to know. No, no offense. <laughs> um, I don't think he would like it personally, but um, but I do think it's a good movie. Like I think, um, uh, I, and I will say, like part of what I think is so fantastic about seeing this film was seeing it on the big screen. Um, I saw it in IMAX on opening <clears> weekend, <throat> and like I think the it was it was entirely shot in IMAX, which to me was like really exciting because I believe this is the first feature length film that was entirely shot in IMAX. Whereas like many films that you might see in IMAX, uh, you'll see like a sequence that's shot in IMAX and then it'll kind of go back to your more standard uh, aspect ratio. But Oppenheimer, the entire thing is shot in IMAX with, with IMAX cameras mm. and visually it is truly spectacular. Like if, if you were able to see it on the big screen and I know that they're kind of like, I think they're re they're bringing it back into cinemas for this festival season too. So if you can, I do think it's a movie worth seeing on the big screen. Like the sound and visuals of this film are truly spectacular. And for me is what pushed it into the top 10. Hmm. I don't think it's like watching it on a laptop screen is, would make it a top 10 movie. Like I think I was like, I was so overwhelmed by the visuals of it all that I was like anxious in the theater, like leading up to um, their, their test of it. And, you know, uh, other things, other things that happen like that are of extreme, like, the stress of the film is is really ratcheted up. Like they really kind of like guide you. They they raise the stakes more and more as things are going on. And I also think the performances were really incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. Sounds Anyways. good to me. I mean, maybe. maybe not. <laughs> Nicole says my housemate was shocked that I wanted to see Barbie in theaters rather than Oppenheimer. Look, I think either I, I'm glad that people went to the theaters at all. So I'm glad I'm glad you saw at least one. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, Laura, what is your number eight film? You know something? I Oh, no, you mean seven? No, number eight. You have Indiana Jones. Oh, shit. Okay. N- number nine <laughs> is May, December. Oh, yeah, I screwed up a little bit here, but um, okay. Do you want to read? Oh, no, 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 seven. Okay, no, eight. No, eight. Eight, <laughs> sorry, right. No, I'm going, okay, don't worry about it. Um. Okay, uh, guess number eight, I suppose... Ah, screw. I'll throw it in as uh, Bo is afraid. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Wow. Uh, contrary possibly to popular opinion. I don't know. Maybe some people didn't like it also, but no, I didn't dislike it. No, I kind of <laughs> oh, did. Oh, right. I forgot. We're still, in the par- we're still in the part of your list of <laughs> your top 10 films in which you That I didn't like. Yeah. Right. It should be called my Laura's top 10 movies that she didn't like. Right. Um, no. Bo is afraid. Okay. Let's see. Here's why I'm putting it as number eight, because I didn't enjoy this movie, but I can see that it's kind of good. You know what I mean? It's kind so, of a good movie that I did not enjoy. So we should say that uh, this is the latest film from Ari Aster. His, mm-hmm. his Who I love as a director, one of my top favorite directors of our current day. Yeah, this is his third, <laughs> his third feature film. He did uh, Hereditary and then Midsommar, uh, and this is now his third film. And Midsommar is probably one of my... It is in the top three favorite movies that came out for me in the last like 15 years mm-hmm. so midsummer fan, i love hereditary hereditary um nicole my list is not good don't listen i don't know shit about anything okay no one's gonna agree with my opinions here i'm telling you that right now 
Uh, so I, wait, wait my, we, should, we should read her comments. So n- yeah, oh, sorry. Nicole, wow. Said, Nicole Van, uh, Vanna said, Vanna. wow, number eight. This is crazy. Laura's list must be very good. No. <laughs> it's not good. So oh, look, I'm with, with you, Nicole. You will. I, I loved Bo's Afraid. You might be hearing more about no, that I later. No, I figured you would. And you know what? Other people I know loved it. I just didn't love it. What can I say? I don't want to watch it again. I don't want to be in that world. I didn't enjoy it. But yeah. I can see that it's good. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I don't want to spoil anything, of course, but like, what about like the first kind of third of the film? That, that yeah, I just didn't like it. You didn't like that? I just didn't really enjoy it. You no, didn't think I it was just absolutely hilarious? No. See, okay. I think that right. what I find hilarious in movies and in life is not necessarily what you do, but yet we laugh together. <laughs> it's interesting. I, no, we have different tastes for sure. No, like in movies, I just feel like... I don't know. There's just certain things that I don't think are funny that are supposed to be funny. And mm-hmm. it happened a lot in the movies that came out this year. Um, however, Josh says, I thought it was a tad too long. Which yeah. Is, a tad too long is a, a bit a of an, complaint. a tad bit of an understatement. No, pr- no offense. <laughs> no um, offense to who? To anyone, okay. especially Josh. <laughs> no, <laughs> especially to Bo is afraid. Bo himself. Uh, uh-huh. No. Uh-huh. Um, Joaquin Phoenix, an amazing actor. I can mm-hmm. applaud him for many different accomplishments that he has made in his life and his acting career. Um, and I hate to say it, but he is working with him for his next film as well. I'm okay with that. I okay. don't know. I'm I, I'm happy to watch Joaquin Phoenix on the big screen. I'm happy to watch him on a smaller screen. Okay. I loved him in Parenthood um, as a okay. teen. But, you know, I just, uh, this was not the kind of movie that is for me. Even I, though you'd think it would be. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, there was like recent news about that I was trying to pull up, but I can't. I, if anyone in the chat uh, knows the name of, of Ari Aster's upcoming film, all I know is they there was recently some news about it because they're going to, they're like currently location scouting. And I know that Ari Aster's teaming up again with Joaquin Phoenix and it's going to be a Western hmm. set during the pandemic, which hmm. I think is interesting. It's, I know they're going to be shooting in New Mexico, I believe. Um, and I, I want I'm, more witch and Satan movies from him. From, well, look, I would love <laughs> that too. Ari. <laughs> well, I, I think, think that, that maybe says, that's why I liked both of his, like liked him so much as a director because you know first we had Hereditary, uh-huh. and then we a had cult, for sure, and then we had Midsommar. Yeah, those are kind of existing in the same you know stratosphere. You know, for I mean? sure. Yeah, like they're they're and they speak more to the, my my aesthetic appeal or yes. yeah, my preferences. Um, stylistically and aesthetically and just subject wise mm-hmm. they're more horror films for sure they're horror like, but they, also the type of horror films that they are are the type that I'm into mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know what I mean sure sure look I'll, I'll save my I'll save my speech about Bo is Afraid for a little later um, should we keep moving yes do you have anything to say yes yeah yeah, yeah. right I figured you would save your speech for Bo is Afraid a little bit later <laughs> <laughs> all right uh, my number seven film for uh, 2023 is the Zone of Interest. Didn't say it. So uh, I'll be quiet. <laughs> the Zone of Interest is the new film from Jonathan Glazer. Um, Jonathan Glazer did... Jerry Glazer's brother. No offense. What? No. <laughs> I said who? Jerry Glazer's brother. I'm kidding. Do you know Jerry, you know Jerry Glazer? No, I don't know who that is. Musical artist? Band unaware. or whatever? Completely unaware. Never mind. Jonathan Glazer... Uh, <laughs> no, I'm surprised you did. Th- he's, he's only done three other films. His first film was Sexy Beast, which I did not see. Uh, then he did Birth with Nicole Kidman, which, by the way, is absolutely incredible. Mm. Must see. Must mm. see that movie. Mm. When did that I come out? it's from 2005. Oh, four. 2004. Okay. Incredible film. Really? Highly recommend. 
Then he did Under the Skin. This dude makes one film a decade, okay? His next film was uh, 2013's Under the Skin with uh, Scarlett Johansson, which I also thought was absolutely incredible. (laughs) And now this is his uh, latest film, which is, again, nine years later. uh, Wait, sorry, 10. Is it 10 years? Yeah, 10 years later. Here we are with The Zone of Interest. Um, (laughs) The Zone of Interest is what? I would not no you finish your thought I'll uh, t- I'll t- <laughs> the zone of interest is uh, uh, a film set during the Holocaust and I think you know there are of course many films that deal mm-hmm. with this subject matter and it's of course always like really intense mm-hmm. and sad and and I think also at times like can be overdone <laughs> mm-hmm. a bit you know so you didn't like Schindler's List uh well, look, I loved Schindler's List for what it was. But you like, loved I, Schindler's it, List. Did well, you ever see anybody no, but, and go, I love that movie. It's well, so fun. No, but I would. Ne- what I was going to say is I would I mean, never like rewatch up, the Dominic. movie. I would never rewatch I'm the kidding. You know what I mean? Like it's these, It's like the kind of film that is just like. And I saw frank, that when I was in fourth grade. Well, I think that's in about the when theater. I last saw it. Yeah. I was, that was like my first introduction to like the Holocaust in general. Really? Yes. It was very affecting towards me. I saw on, it in middle me, school. I think I was like in eighth grade or something. Of course, deeply no. upsetting. Oh, oh, okay. So you saw it like just way after me. Yeah. But not in the theater. No, I didn't see it in the theater, okay. no. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean like, look, I mean these films can often be really intense. But what I think is, what I want to say about Zone of Interest though, is I think the perspective that he chooses to go with makes the film um, really unique and also I think uh, uh, more affecting to me personally. Like it didn't feel like it was... I don't know, like pulling heartstrings for like, or like taking like kind of more cheaper angles. I, like, I, <laughs> I hate to say it, but like, I just feel like there's certain ways that you can do these kinds of films. And it's just like, I almost feel like they're just meant to make you feel sad. Mm-hmm. But this film, I think it's more about like, it's more exploring like lack of empathy and lack of. Right. Like the motivations in a way. Like it's not following, um, it's not following like a Jewish family or something like during it. It's following, um, one of the commanders of Auschwitz, mm-hmm. but y- it, the you're never seeing anything that's like, at, like happening in Auschwitz. It's all about him, like in his family's home, like in the home that he's living in with his um with his family, mm-hmm. and uh, it's kind of like this, uh, it's like just over the wall, um, you know, horrific things are happening, mm-hmm. and you have this like looming sense of like the. Uh, intensity of what is happening around them but it's like about how these people are like compartmentalizing what they're doing and like att- like living this what they feel like is a normal life despite the fact of of the horrific tragedy and like the scope of what is happening around them mm-hmm. you know um so i don't know i felt i felt like the perspective of it made it unique and totally worth watching and there's like these kind of surreal moments, which I think Jonathan Glazer is so good at these kind of like liminal moments where it gets into like these, these kind of abstract feelings. The score is extremely minimal, but like when it occurs, it's just like, it just, it, I I was so anxious in the theater watching this, like despite sometimes very little like happening, I suppose, like it's a lot of watching people live their lives, but then like these moments will happen that like escalate things uh, internally for you. And and I just felt like it was brilliant filmmaking. So huge shout out to the zone of interest. Brilliant. Uh, So little tidbit here. Yeah. I just got a text message from the, uh, the, the one and only, 
Brent Weinbach. Okay. Who uh, made a request to call in on speakerphone to talk about Jones, aka Indiana? Okay, yeah, sure. Bring, yeah, should we bring him in? Bring him in. Yeah, call him up. All right, Weinbach, it's all you. I'm calling you right now. If, if you're there, you're there. If not, so I will say, Brent. Brent Weinbach is uh, Laura's brother. Uh, yeah. Who they actually do a podcast together. You want to called the Chicken Coop? Who many of you may already know because you probably came here from that, but that's okay. <laughs> Yeah, you can um, find the Chicken Coop on uh, YouTube, right? How, when are you guys live? To Monday nights at six, six to on, six on. So that's another thing you can uh, check out, you know. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute! I'm calling the wrong number. Sorry, let me call a different <laughs> number. My bad. Um, while you do that, let's take a look in the chat here. Um, yeah. Nolan, Nolan Ford, who uh, a friend of ours uh, said, "Did you guys Hi, like Nolan? Did you guys Welcome. like BlackBerry?" Nolan, I didn't see BlackBerry. What What is BlackBerry? Tell Tell me about it. Oh, it's about blackberries and whatnot. No, like, like the phone, how it oh. was created. Oh, actually, yeah, I was I was actually curious to see that movie. I totally forgot about it, but thanks for the reminder. Actually, I will look into that. It's a it's like a documentary, right? Did you see it? I don't think it's a documentary, is it? Oh, I thought it was. I thought it was like a, you know. It's not a, like a, you fic- know, like a true like crime based documentary. Based on fiction type of thing or whatever. <laughs> the true crime documentary of how, of how they made a blackberry? Come oh on. man, Brent's blowing it over here. I'm calling his ass, but he ain't answering. So well, look, I Brent, don't know. If Brent doesn't pick up, uh, then, maybe he can call back and we'll get him on there. Okay. Um, uh, nope. No. Okay. Well, Brent, look, if okay. you're listening, give us a call. We'll 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 get you on speakerphone. We'll get you in here to talk about right, that uh, was only Indiana Jones. Less than twenty. Oh no, that was twenty-one minutes ago that he texted. It's all oh, good. We'll see. Uh, Nikki Weinbach, your other brother, says Barbie was the worst movie I saw this past year. Oh, for a second I saw that 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 um that comment and thought it said wasn't the worst movie I saw this year and wondered what was, but no, <laughs> it was that. Okay, yeah. Uh, well, we are uh, not dissimilar in that <laughs> no i don't know wait did i say barbie was the worst no wait yes i did no it, it's interesting because for me yeah the top 10 list was what was the worst one what should i put at number 10 i don't know so but you, i really don't want to say that about it because you know what it was good i thought it was good i loved Look, it uh and then my mom's coming in with Fred, the, i loved it she's swooping in and letting me know that ari Aster's next film is called eddington uh so that's a little fact check for me eddington? i was trying to remember oh, wow. what that was called but eddington is like the one. eddington bear Perhaps so, perhaps so. <laughs> I'm kidding. All right, let's uh, let's keep it moving here with okay. Laura's number oh. seven. Ah, oh, shoot. Wow. Okay. Well, my number seven. Number seven, uh, least hated movie of the year. Least I think hated what movie. Yeah, I think it's probably what we list. should call it. Um, or not as hated as number eight. Right. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. I didn't hate these movies. There's though. six movies that you hated a little less than the film we're about to okay. hear about, which is so. I know this is going to be contrary to popular opinion. I mean, in terms of its relationship to what was lower on my list, being Bo's Afraid. Uh-huh. Um, Saltburn, believe it or not. Okay, okay. <laughs> you know, you I, put I put Saltburn. Over I know. Afraid. I feel okay. a bit guilty. I feel a wow. little obtuse about it, and I feel like it's maybe wrong. But you know what? I'm doing it because I'll tell you why. Okay, yeah. Tell us. Tell us. What. Wait, actually. Uh, so Saltburn is the second film from oh yeah here i'll tell you i got it i got it right here it's director emerald fennel that's right starring barry keegan and barry keegan great actor not the best first name it's okay i don't (laughs) mind you as a person yeah i just imagine having to date somebody named barry Barry. watching this i'm sorry barry if you're out there if you're somebody listening we like you we'll talk about it um uh, her previous, it must be difficult. I do want to say her um, <laughs> previous film is Promising Young Woman, which we did review on this podcast. And I many, didn't love either. I didn't love that movie. Oh, you didn't? I did not love that oh, movie. Oh, I thought you loved it. 
promising young woman. Yeah, I thought. I thought was. it was fine. Oh, I thought it was like I'm interested to see well, what I'm she does next. I'm glad you didn't love it. You know, <laughs> interested to see what she does next is how I felt about. That I movie. don't know if I'm interested in what she does next. No offense. Oh, I am. No, I mean I'm fine with it. It's just okay. Here's the thing, I do feel. No, I look it. It's fine. I, you know what? This movie was fun. I felt that it was actually a fun kind of movie a little bit, uh-huh. but ultimately vacant and vapid and not really great. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It was just sort of, uh, again, another uh, another example of a style over substance situation where it's it's wanting, it's reaching, it's trying, but not quite achieving the thing that it wants to achieve and you know there's there's versions of this movie that are i hate to say it but just better and that happened already and like talented mr ripley like talented mr ripley and other such flicks as that and you know that i feel like it just there was something to its core that is a little more resonant that stays with you longer than this movie Saltburn does you know what i mean it's it's one of those movies that you can kind of you you venture into it thinking there's going to be a payoff you know what i mean and mm-hmm. it feels Okay, the guy in it, what's his name? Jacob Elordi? Yeah. Hot as a dick, you know what I mean? I'll take him. You don't think Barry's hot? I don't think Barry's hot. Oh, come on. He's not my type. Look, no he's offense. my type. I know he's your type. He's my type. I know. Like Jacob to me is a little more like your everyday. Jacob you know, is the Timothee Chalamet of the day. And Oh, come come off of it. What? No, <laughs> I will not come off of it. Wait, is Timothy Elordi like, in um huh? is he in uh that HBO show that I don't love? Um, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, uh, God, about that. Euphoria? Yes. He's definitely not in Euphoria. Oh, good. Okay. Timothy Chalamet? No, not Timothy Chalamet. Jacob Elordi. No, yeah, he is in Euphoria. Ah, shit. Wait, you you asked if Timothy Chalamet was in Euphoria. Sorry, I was asking the wrong thing. But (laughs) uh, no, I think Jacob is definitely, you know, he's got some eye appeal. (laughs) I mean, he's hot in a very, like, I think, traditional kind of. Yeah, he's hot in a traditional way, but like. There's something that is attractive about that. Like I used to not be attractive to the traditional male, uh-huh. but in this particular instance, I find myself attracted to the traditional male. Fair enough. To um, me, I find Barry, who is a little more uh, new, like sort like of, a, a, he's, he's more offbeat, he's an off kilter, attractive, he's and I'm more beat. into that. Personally. You know what it is about Alordi? I'll tell you what. <laughs> oh, Alordi. You know what? I don't like when he wears a tank top. Okay, I, the tank top look was not for me. And I felt that that was not doing him a service as a hot young male, but he's quite shirtless. As a promising young man, which is what this movie should have been called. Um, Uh But he transcended it, and so for that I applaud him. Um, And I thought his acting was good, and I thought Barry's acting was good. Very good. But (laughs) and I thought that uh, Rosamund Pike was fine, and you know Richard E. Grant also a good fun actor who was in Girls. Mm-hmm. And other movies or other such. I thought visually filming. it was really cool too. Yeah, visually it was fun. It was a, it was great. fun, but just basically just not. You know, it just didn't really do anything. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, it's not on my top ten. And oh, wow. for me, like, I always thought you were gonna like it. I did like it. Again, I oh, liked wow. it. I just it, it just didn't quite crack the ten. So you actually liked Barbie more than this? I did. Yeah, oh I did. God. Well, because for me, like, I, for me, Saltburn, uh, I was actually really into it. I, it was it was about to definitely be in my top 10 but for me it totally fumbled the landing and i feel like had yeah. very mixed messaging on like at the end of the day again i'm not going to spoil anything but like i just felt like what 
what is that ending or or not even ending but just like the entire like last third of the film to me totally upended what i thought the film was maybe trying to say mm. and then to me it just said nothing mm-hmm. like or, or i guess whatever it was attempting to say was not what i thought just felt was worth saying yeah <laughs> it, it like it, whatever whatever that meant uh to me I, I just like can't get behind and i felt like it was kind of like stupid and and really like uncalled for and kind of just like out of nowhere like to me no it was offense. completely out of nowhere <laughs> no did to you oh, to, to her to emerald yeah to emerald <laughs> sorry Wait, did emerald, you like did you like the talented mr ripley um honestly i have not seen oh the mr. Ripley. shit nike but i but i hear your ass I to hear mars great things. I hear great things. it's a great movie I mean, I loved that movie. You know, that was at a time when movies I thought were quite good. Star Amorasu um, says, a lordy is the Keanu of the day in terms of being booked right now, I feel. Yeah, he's like perhaps. booked up and shit. Is you know? he? What else is he in? I'll watch it. Well, Euphoria. No, I won't. Well, Euphoria. <laughs> I did try watching Euphoria and I, that is not for me. He was also on Saturday Night Live this this past weekend or oh, yesterday. Sure. I mean. Okay. Um, Man, he's going to become... He's, well, he's hot. We'll he's see. hot. Right. I'm sure Like he hot is. as in he's no, like, like a he's, hot he's in demand. topic, you know, in Hollywood or, or what whatever they say. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, should we keep it keep it cruising? So, yeah. Saltburn so, is not uh, the only reason it, Wait, so wait, that was my number what? Number 7, as you can see on this page right here. Look up look Oh. Up on the here. <laughs> you see that? Oh yeah, okay. Are you skipping there we it? Go. Um <laughs> I'm trying hard not to look at Laura's list, but she does no, have out currently it's just at the that moment. I Well, no, that'll work. Yeah. Okay, let's great. Keep going. So, number 6 for me passages passages oh boy so passages hold on what was the director's name i should have this a little more ready passages is uh iris Sachs directed passages he 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 did keep the lights on which i absolutely loved uh i think that was 2018 oh, wait wait what, what movie no 2012 um what wait sorry your number passages is, is the oh film. passages i so didn't see that also. he did uh totally keep the lights it. on um oh. passages is uh kind of this film about uh this gay couple who uh one of one of the men in the couple um has a one night stand with a woman and uh is sort of go uh uh uncovering his own feelings as to as to what what he really wants you know mm. like he so in the relationship that he's in with the, with this man they've been together for a while and and i think things are feeling a bit stale mm-hmm. and then he has this like one night fling uh with this woman and it's sort of like this love triangle situation where he starts to fall in love or he thinks he's falling in love with this woman but he but i think it's kind of like this complicated kind of like love because it's like is he really in love with her or does he just love the idea of anything that isn't his partner or does he still love his partner but he just like needs uh something different in their relationship mm. and the film kind of like explores all these concepts i think like really quite brilliantly mm. and mm. you know just kind of like the concept of of like uh y- you know expanding monogamy too into mm. like uh <laughs> a gray area of like um like his his partner is also sort of like uh e- exploring other uh avenues as well outside of the relationship that they've been in for quite some time Mm -hmm. and i just think it was like really well done Mm -hmm. um i think uh i think the lead character who is played by uh franz rogowski Mm -hmm. um he did such a good job in this movie like i felt like he portrayed this like kind of slimy character 
uh, so well. Like he's kind of he's kind of somewhat insufferable, but you kind of can't take your eyes off of him. You know, mm-hmm. like he he plays it really well. Like this guy who's kind of mm-hmm. um, you know uh, potentially fucking up his relationship mm. for something that like uh, you don't or and potentially also fucking up the the relationship that he's now building with this woman you know like i just think i think it's a great like relationship drama and mm-hmm. for me was uh yeah like one of the best films i saw mm. wow okay coming in at number seven for you coming in six at, no number six number six one of the best movies you saw. wow okay i mean yeah there's only five better if we want to get pedantic with well it. hey <laughs> <laughs> um okay all right. Do you want to? Do you want to keep it? Moving? Okay, we can keep it moving. Ah, shit. No offense. <laughs> um. <laughs> no offense to. Oh yeah, because yeah. Unfortunately, this film. Is- no offense to the word, the sh word. Okay. Um. Oh, so I'm at number six. Yeah. Wow. Six. Okay. Yeah. This is interesting. It's not that interesting. Um. <laughs> okay. I didn't. Oh yeah. I'm a little bit. Uh, Oh, yeah, I'm kind of... Okay, I didn't number my things correctly, so I'm going to have to kind of improvise here, but okay. I'd say for me, number six, coming in at number six, again, this is going to be contrary to popular opinion, so you know what? Hold your dicks. Uh-huh. Just keep it cool. Mm-hmm. You're not going to like this, but poor things. <laughs> sorry, guys. Oh, sorry. It's not... It's just not a you're, So you're saying sorry because... Because you... I know you probably feel much stronger about this uh-huh. particular uh-huh. flick. Yeah, and maybe and, and people who are watching here feel stronger about it, but um. so poor things. <laughs> let's uh, set that one up. It's Yorgos Lanthimos directed that. Yorgos Lanthimos starring Emma Stone. Starring Emma Stone and uh, what's that guy's name? <laughs> and Mark Ruffalo, Ruffalo, Willem Dafoe, and other people. Um, Yorgos Lanthimos directed The Lobster, uh, The Favorite, The Killing of a Sacred Deer. Um, and Dogtooth, most notably, but the, he, he has some other films as well. But yeah. he's kind of been on a bit of a streak. And we did, dire- uh, sorry, we did do an episode on both Killing the Sacred Deer and uh, The Favorite. Yeah, guys, I know people here like that movie and I know you liked it. And, um, you know, I can see why it would sort of be able to cast such a spell on unassuming eyes. It's just for me. Again, another case of the old style over substance. No offense. Style over substance. <laughs> yeah. Oh, come on. I know. I'm so sorry. I'm just so sorry. Uh, I the- wanted to like it. And I think it, it's, it was very glitzy and, you know, sort of catchy in the eye sort of eye candy sort of sense. And yet it wasn't for me because I felt like even though there were some probably really cool practical effects happening in this movie, it was a bit overridden by this sort of digitized gloss sheen that was laid over There's everything. There's definitely some CG. And I don't love that. You know, for me, it really takes me out of it. And that was for me almost kind of like the main thing it had going for it because I really just, you know, again, Yorgos Lanthimos for me is um, kind of hit or miss and no offense. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> I would love to work with you, Yorgos. I just, you know, I don't, I I liked, no, I really liked Killing of a Sacred Deer. And for me, that was the main movie of his that I connected with that I kind of walked away from thinking, this will stick with me for a little while. Poor Things, it was just, it felt excessive. It felt 
Um, <laughs> Again, this is her number six film of yeah, the year. Yeah, I know. I just, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it was better than Barbie, 100%. But like, I just... <laughs> Barbie, the worst film that you saw. <laughs> I don't know. I it was I struggled to find a grounded like reason for really liking this movie or even like, you know, it just didn't... That's crazy. It didn't speak to me. You know, what can I say? Did you not think and that I just it was felt there were some, so much? I think that it was interesting. Okay, like just the idea of, for those who haven't seen it, it's about um, a kind of mad scientist creating a quote-unquote Frankenstein of sorts, but it's a female Frankenstein who is a woman. It's like the body of a woman who has passed away who has killed herself with the brain of um, like an her infant, unborn her unborn child. Yeah. So what does that entail? And I think the question of that is an interesting question to ponder the way that this movie answers that question is one route that you could take in answering that scenario. But it was like, I mean, the amount of like explicit sexual content that was like, you know, mm-hmm. that was displayed in this movie was a bit, I felt that it was excessive and it just felt like almost like just we're watching an artsy softcore porn. You know what I mean? That felt like really? it was just indulging in that. And it was like, okay, I don't know if the filmmaker just wants to have an excuse to like have sex happen in the movie. But also apart from that, just the artistic design of it, while it was colorful and like dazzling to a degree, it wasn't quite, so it was kind of this like postmodern neo-Victorian aesthetic. But the type of Victorian that it was, it was like very much about puffed sleeves and high necklines. And that's just not the era of the Victorian style that is my... <laughs> preference which is fine it's just you know and it was kind of high fashion it's not really going for any one particular thing it's like a blend of multiple yeah well it's postmodern. you know i mean it's like it's a new take on it which i appreciate and i appreciate i also appreciate the spirit with which this movie was I, i appreciate the artistic spirit behind the movie and the wanting to do something that's sort of outside the box but it felt that it was distracting like how many things that this movie was trying to squeeze in that were like experimental that it just it lost me you know it just felt like a little bit too much trying to do too much and not being able to say enough you know for me it just felt again a little hollow at its core and like maybe almost a little bit um the word i'm looking for is trite yeah i think maybe the message felt a little trite compared to the amount of things that it was trying to like fit in in terms of the filmmaking style and just like the the visual and art, uh, aesthetic appearance of it and you know the 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 general um information that it was ex- expressing i mean all of the things that it was putting into this movie was was so so much you know what i mean it was just felt excessive on so many levels that it just didn't, it didn't really feel See. like there was enough space to you know, really go anywhere for me. I actually don't think note. it's that experimental. Like, I think, I think it's str- it's a strange film, I suppose. But I think like it's fairly accessible, especially in regards to his uh, other films. Like, I, I sure. think this and the oh. favorite are probably. Uh, I think where he's at right now in his uh, filmography is he's making these films that like still I think maintain his integrity of kind of being this pretty wild director with like weird crazy ideas i suppose but he's now doing it i think in a way that makes it far more accessible um and i think think this is maybe his most accessible film yeah i thought that already about poor or sorry uh the favorite i already thought the favorite was like a huge step in the direction of like 
he's making a more mainstream version of what he does so well, but while still maintaining, like he's not selling out, you know, like to me, this isn't like a sellout version of what he does. It's just like a bigger version of what well, he does. Well, it felt like a perhaps more confined, like artistic filmmaker was given a large budget and did this with it. And it was not in its interest for me. And again, I know that you guys probably disagree with me. It's just, it's like, all these you know like the whole fisheye lens thing and like switching between these different types of camera lenses and also like you know the surrealistic aspect of the movie overall like where you know you're kind of confronted with these different settings that are interesting at first glance but then kind of a little superficial feeling over like at the core of it i just didn't feel connected but also there was like a lot of in my opinion, kind of hammy humor and tied into the movie. I'm not one of the people who was in the theater laughing out loud at the jokes that were being made. No offense. <laughs> okay. I just, it wasn't for me. It felt like I was watching a thespian, a group of thespians, you know, laughing at each other's jokes that were written into the script and it just didn't, it wasn't really for me. You know, it was like this kind of, I don't know. I just imagine like, you know, imagine going to a play and then somebody being like, and the giant fish was flapping around on the floor. <laughs> and then like everybody laughing at that, thinking it's hilarious. And then you're the audience is just like, what the hell are you talking about? I think That's it's way more, I felt. way more cleverly written than I you're giving it credit for. I, I just, no offense. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll just say, for me, I'll know? say what I have to say for a Yeah, you'll say what you have to say. I mean, but I do think that, you know, Emma Stone's performance was pretty good. Incredible. Um, but yeah, it's like, and I like Mark Ruffalo, but like, I think that as a character, there were just some cheesy things that were written into his character. I mean, dialogue wise that I just felt was like a little, mm, I don't know. I just, I wanted to like it. I really did, but I just didn't love it. No offense. All right. Let's keep it cruising then. Number five for yeah. me is. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Hold up. What's number Sorry. Number five. All of Us Strangers. Uh, this is an Andrew Hay film. Um, Andrew Hay, he he did Looking, and he also did Hold Up. Uh, Weekend, uh, uh, another film that I absolutely loved. Uh, Weekend. Wait, did I see that? I don't know. Did you? It's from 2011. Uh, it's about it's a, like two people kind of meet uh, in happenstance, and they have like a kind of 24 or 48 hour kind of little fling i don't think i saw it it's really oh, incredible um and then he also did lean on pete which i i liked i thought it was good i th and i mean he's done many films but he also did looking which was uh the, the hbo tv series what brad wants to get in but i don't know oh, okay well no, I mean, let's get him in after i yeah yeah finish about this. No um <clears throat> so andrew hay his latest film all of us strangers uh um it's uh another you know gay drama i think he's like so good at like creating gay characters that to me feel very um realistic and grounded and and um have like lots of depth and it's oftentimes like you know two people talking but like i love two people yeah, talking yeah like he just does that with such a degree of like the dialogue is so good in this movie mm -hmm. um both the performances are incredible it's paul mescal and um uh, sorry uh andrew scott Mm -hmm. um both give incredible performances um it's also a beautiful film but yeah uh, like cinematography wise it's beautiful but the film it's so it's about um it's about these two men who live in the same apartment building and they kind of uh they they in a sort of accidental way they <laughs> they find each other in the apartment um in the in the building i mean and uh one of them is a writer and he's sort of struggling with uh 
coming up with this story that he's that he's writing that kind of involves um he's drawing from his parents uh like his his childhood and his parents um and so through meeting this guy he uh he abstractly and sort of in like this fantasy way is visiting his his parents who are dead um so like there's this fantasy element to the film but also it's like very grounded in reality with when when he's like with the other guy I don't know, maybe I'm not describing it super well, but like, I, I don't want to give away anything away as well. <laughs> but I think this film, um, to me, like totally uh, even surpassed expectations. And I was really excited for it. Mm-hmm. I felt like the um, the music was incredible. Uh, I felt like the story went surprising places too. like it. Um, it, it wasn't just sort of like the uh, kind of romantic drama that I thought it was. I, I was I didn't really i mean i guess i've already said it but like i didn't even know about like the kind of more fantasy element to it which um i thought uh really kind of created a hook for the film of like this guy who's um having these conversations with his dead parents Mm -hmm. um and and sort of coming to terms with like uh his own sexuality when he was a kid and like what he would maybe imagine his parents would think of him now like in this spot now um I think there's like a really interesting part of the uh, film that kind of deals with like, you know, ge- how generations have changed with, um, you know, uh, how accepting parents are of, of gay children now versus like, you know, approximately 20, 25 years ago. Um, so I just felt like it was like this very modern take on a on like a gay romantic drama that I felt was uh, absolutely incredible. Um, must cool. uh, this right. is to me a total must see. I'll check it out. A I'll must check it out. See. Um, Obviously, you didn't like it as much as something else. It's okay. Well, there was four more films <laughs> that I, I did like more. Do you want to? All right, uh, should Brent we b- get sh- okay, people? We're gonna bring the comedian Brent Weinbach on board. He wants to chime in about Ooh. Indiana Jones, possibly some chiming in on other stuff. Let's try it. Okay, here we go. <laughs> uh, let's see check out the comments it. here. Yeah, let's check in out the, the comments. In the meantime. People have a lot to say about uh, right. poor things. I know. I know you guys loved it. Okay. Brent Weinbach? Okay. Wait, you got to put a... All right. He's Hi. on. You're on. Welcome okay. to Totally Tell Me. Listen. Hi. Thank you for having me. Um, I just wanted to say that um, I... Uh, uh, what's it called? I just wanted to say... I just wanted to say that... Well, first of all, I'm really surprised that you are... Um, that you had Indiana Jones so low on your list just because <laughs> I didn't like uh, it that much. No offense. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> oh, oh. No, but I, you, I watched it because you said that it was, uh, you, uh, you said it was pretty good. Uh, I did. Oh no. Yeah. I said it was better than I thought it was going to be, but it's not like I thought it was like hey, some I kind of top 10 myself. And I, I thought, cause I think, you know, they, anytime they try to redo uh, an old franchise, I, you know, feel like it's not good usually. I have low expectations, but you said it was good, and Kevin Conyers said it was good. Right. And I thought this was going to be, you know. Anyway, I thought it was good. I thought it was actually pretty good. And to be honest, I actually I didn't like a lot of movies this year myself. Similar to you, I kind of thought that. I mean, I just wasn't really that. I was underwhelmed by a lot of what I saw this year. I won't name names, you know. But um, what I want to say is that Indiana Jones ended up being it probably my top five. That is insane. Well, that's your, you know, that's your problem. 
kind of but kind of pacing and format of the old movies i don't know i just know i haven't seen it brent can you hear me brent Dominic's talking to you. Now I haven't seen it, but I but I heard that it's sort of like a bit of a CG mess. Uh, it is uh, in my. What, I, that's sort what, of what, what say pulls you me on that. I didn't think it was. I, I didn't think it was that. Oh, look, I don't. I'm not a CG person. You know, I don't like. I'm not a CG. You're not a CG guy. geek. <laughs> <laughs> and I, but I didn't. First of all, I, I there's a horse in the movie, and I thought the horse was real. I I can't believe that it was CG die. Well, yeah, for me, I did feel that the CGI aspect of it pulled me out of the fantastical elements of one of the great things about the original, you know, trilogy of the Fo- of the I was going to say Fox Hills Brigade Force. <laughs> I meant to say Indiana Jones trilogy of the first three was that they had such great practical effects. You know what I mean? And that's part of the magic of those movies that it really pulls you into that world. And this movie didn't do that for me fully, you know, but I mean, it was better than I thought it would be. I, I guess I just had really low expectations, and it, and I thought, and because of that, it made. I guess I liked it more. And you, and then I, and also, uh, like I said, I mean, compared. I mean, I'm so. I'm not gonna. Okay, here's the thing. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say anything critical of any movie. Um, but I just want to. I'm just gonna say on a personal level. I just poor things is not. That's just not my kind of movie, you know. I mean, it's not for me. It's not my bag, you know. Um, it has nothing to do with the movie itself. It's just my own personal sensibilities. It's not, you know. It's just it's not for me, you know. I mean, I just don't. I don't want to watch a, you know, pornos, you know. When I when I, <laughs> you know, when I watch movies. The and fact that you're calling it so a porno. I'm just really surprised, and I I'm just surprised, and especially after we talked the other night, I'm really surprised that you put that that high up on your list and above Indiana Jones, in fact. Oh, I thought it was better than Indiana Jones. Come on. No offense. <laughs> I had low expectations. Well, okay. Well, fair enough. No, I mean, look at I didn't. I thought it was like, you know, there were things about it that I thought were entertaining and that were also intri- 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 interesting and intriguing and that I will, you know, I'll, I'll credit, you know, that. Bre- I just want to say something to artists that was mentioned earlier, Marina, uh, the, what was uh, what was the, her name? Marina. Uh, I remember what you're saying, but I don't remember her last name. Well, I think that's the artist who, with her partner, who she was with for a while. I think his name was Ule, maybe. Um, but he died actually. But um, yeah, um, she. You know, in that music video we watched, Laura, where the people are slapping each other in the face. You know. Yeah, I think so. Well, that was she originated that. As a, a performance with her partner, uh, who is an artist as well. Oh, okay. It's a, yeah. Oh, we <laughs> have a we have a, a, a listener, a, um, an audience member, Nicole uh, Vanist, asking you, Brent, what rank is the Super Mario Brothers movie for you? <laughs> yeah, maybe, probably, could be number, could be top five material. <laughs> Could be so uh, in the top five <laughs> or maybe number six or something like that. Okay, I mean, wow, I, wow. I, I was, there was a lot that, well, I had low expectations for that too. So, you know, that can really make you like a movie is if you have low expectations. But then again, I had, I I agree. had low expectations of a lot of movies and they met those expectations. So, but I won't name names, but. Yeah. Now, Brent, Brent, while we have you, uh, do you, do you have like a number one movie that you'd like to share with us? 
Well, I don't want to upstage. I, I have a feeling that Laura's number one is my number one. I don't want to upstage that, oh, okay. but I won't okay. say. But yeah, I mean, right. by far that was the. That, I think I think what Laura's going to pick as her number one is is mine, and that by far was. I mean, to me that was. I like that movie more than any movie by a long shot. I mean, I'm saying number two was far behind that for me. You know, I am for my number two. Okay. So. Okay. Right. Okay. I think okay. Bo's afraid. Bo's afraid was my number two, probably. By the way. Oh, yeah, wow. I loved. Okay. Blo- I loved Bo's afraid. Huh? <laughs> blow. Blow's afraid. I loved Blow's afraid. <laughs> I loved Blow's afraid. Uh, yeah. All right. All right, Brent. Well, thank you for hey, chiming I in. Gonna, I just want you. Yeah. Sorry, Adam. <clears throat> it was probably pointless for me to call in. I no, no, I, no. I actually almost thought when you first called me, I thought that in my mind, I thought, ah, never mind, you know. So. <laughs> no, no, we're glad to have you, Brent, and and you know, we'd love to get you a, as a guest on the show in a little bit here at some point. You know? Maybe you can hey, say you know. real quick tomorrow on tomorrow night's episode of the Chicken Coop. People who are t- tuning in right now, come on out to that show tomorrow. Another podcast. Yeah, uh, maybe okay. then you can say tell us all your top ten real quick on the show tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, a little. <clears throat> I wouldn't. I'm not gonna. I won't even tell you my top. Here's the thing about it. It's like I didn't really. Yeah, I mean, I, I only have like a, maybe a top five. In fact, you know. Well, me too. I, I really careful lot of stuff. But, yeah. <laughs> Look at you didn't. I don't know if you heard my prefacing. I don't know if you heard my prefacing tonight about my my top ten list. But it's kind of just it like all. whatever. I Totally get it, yeah. But I just think. Um, by the way, did you watch? Did you end up watching Asteroid City last night? Uh, not last night, but I tried watching it today. But I didn't have enough time to finish it, so I didn't. I'm just going to tell people right now. I didn't include that in my list because I didn't finish it, and I don't know if I would have uh-huh. included it in my. I probably would have included it in my list, but I don't feel like I had a fair. I saw, last, I saw it last night or the night before, and I actually thought that was. Yeah, that was one. I thought that was that would be it further up on my list. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh wow. Wait, did you watch Asteroid today? I did. I did. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Uh, it's not on my list, but I thought it was good. <laughs> it's not on your list. Look at that. But I thought it was good. Basically, the only movies I didn't see this year was I didn't see Zone of Interest, which I really did want to see that. You gotta see and, it. And uh, yeah, I, okay. I want to see that. And then I didn't see Barbie and Oppenheimer. And other than that, I saw everything. Have you I'm, seen Have you seen uh, Passages? I think you'd like it. No, I know, and I didn't see that. I didn't see that. Either. You should see that. You should see that. You should see that. I think okay. you, I think you would like that, Brent. Like knowing your tastes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think you would. I uh-huh. just think you would. All right. Um, okay. Yeah. All right. Anyway, people. Sorry to bother you guys. I don't no, know. no, you're not, not bothering us. No, no. Sorry to bother you. The other movie. I don't know. I just thought. I when at first when Laura was talking about the Jones movie, I thought, oh, I kind of, I kind of want to talk about this, and then I thought, oh, maybe I can call him, but then I later just thought, oh, come on, who am I kidding here? What's the point here? <laughs> No, Brent, we're happy to have you. And the twins wanted to get in on this, too. The twins, my younger brothers, but they're not here. So, you know, Uh what are you going to do? I'm sure they'll all be guests soon enough. They'll all be guests soon enough here. (laughs) Thank you, Dominic, for your good sportage. Thanks for it. All right. Maybe I'll call in later tonight or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Maybe after our our 10 has has been fully wrapped, you know. Yeah. Fully wrapped up. Mm. All right. All right. Yeah. I'll I'll call in for the wrap. Okay. (laughs) Bye-bye. Okay. (laughs) All right. And that was Brent Weinbach chiming in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He liked Indiana Jones more than at a number 10 on his list. So, well, there we go. All right, Laura. Okay. Let's get back to your list okay, with your God. number five. Okay, number five. Let's see. Um, at this point, we're getting into a territory of movies I kind of liked. <coughs> um, <laughs> okay. Okay, I would say for me, number five would have to most definitely probably have to be... Um, Anatom- uh No, oh. Infinity Pool. Okay. Yeah, Infinity Pool. I'll put that at number five because I think that was, yeah. I mean, 
it was you know what i mean look <laughs> it's a, i'm not gonna say anything you know i don't you know, i don't like saying anything bad about anything really i just i really don't you know <laughs> but yet you start every <laughs> and it's probably not a good look you know to be doing this but <laughs> well what did you like about it how about start there no no, no i'm not even this i wasn't gonna say anything bad i'm just gonna oh, okay. say that oh, i thought it was a fun it was a fun movie kind of and uh <clears throat> and i like you know Scar- alexander skarsgård Mm-hmm. I liked him. I really liked Succession, something that came out this year, right? The final season. Yeah, he was in that. So he had, he you know like what? That should be in that. my top ten as a as a token. <laughs> I know it's not a movie, but hey, may as well have been. I mean, I think I, I would agree on like as far as like TV goes. That was that one of was, the best watching things yeah, that came out this year. Sure. Come on, people. Yeah. I mean, that was something that we can all agree was d- very good, right? Uh-huh. I think of we course. can all agree. It was incredible. It was the final season of Succession. I mean, yeah. Final season of Succession, kind of, people? Like, who it, liked I, it? Who liked it? I, I liked it. So, wait. Let's... Uh, Infinity Pool. Infinity Pool okay, is... Okay, directed is by... Brandon Cronenberg. Brandon Cronenberg, son of... Uh, uh, David, David Cronenberg. David Cronenberg. Who, of course, is a famous director from... Or pri- I mean, it, he still is going, but uh, I think he's most known for like his 80s uh, horror films, such as like The Thing, The Fly... Uh, I mean, there's so many. Oh, uh, Videodrome, I love. Videodrome, I didn't actually see that, but I probably should. Um, Alexander Skarsgård is good in this movie. Also, it's just, you know, it's a fun, it's just a fun kind of (laughs) romp. Not a romp. I don't know. I just enjoyed it. I enjoyed it more than, you know. So Infinity Pool too. Let's let's just say too that it's sort of like a like a horror sci-fi film. Yeah. I call well, it's it. like kind of a thriller. Yeah, like a thr- It's like a little bit horror, a little bit thriller, a little bit sci-fi. It's not quite horror. It's I would not like say. it's not. It's horrifying. like kind of psychological, like thriller. But it's creepy. I mean, it's there's creepy. creepy parts of it for sure. No, there's creepy parts for sure, and yeah. I like that. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Nikki is correcting me. The thing was made by John Carpenter. Oh, right. Of course. That yeah. is uh, fully true. I uh, I guess um, David Cronenberg is most known for like these sort of um, insane practical effects, like really cool, um, uh, like uh, creature stuff with um, the fly and Videodrome. Like there's there's these moments, I think, that we all, if you've seen those movies, like you remember these, these uh, kind of body horror crazy moments. Um, and I think Brandon Cronenberg, his son, he kind of like still is using a lot of really cool practical effects, which you do see here too. Uh, but I think he's he has his own distinct style. Like it's a little more subtle, I would say. Uh, it's a little more like, um, I don't know, <coughs> grounded. <laughs> well, it's not as fantastic. It's not quite as fantastical. I mean, right. I guess, I don't know. The Fly is great though. You know, that's a great classic. Although that's a his version of that movie was a remake of the original. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I, I'm, to, I'm, I'm looking at other stuff Cronenberg did, David. Um, but you know what? I don't know. I actually didn't see a lot of his movies. Well, The Fly and I think Video Drum are like the two that I think most people know. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't but know. anyways, so talk about Infinity yeah. Pool. Oh, um, Infinity Pool. I mean, God, I don't even really remember it that well. I watched it now at this point a couple months ago. Um, but... Uh, I felt like there was room for, you know, interpretation about the main character and like the motivations behind. I thought it was kind of an interesting psychological case study on the sort of motivations behind sort of the human, I guess, condition 
in specific types of sets of conditions and, and what happens when they are given those types of conditions. And I don't know. I think that's kind of a fun thing to explore. And In, in while, a spoiler-free way, let's like briefly describe the film. I, I would say it's like about a couple who are on vacation, on vacation. in a kind of, un, I think it's like an unnamed. Well, I think it's a fictional place. Or a fictional, yeah, a fictional. Um, a fictional island of some kind, uh, like some kind of European, like Greek island type of place. So they go to this place and they kind of get caught up in uh, like a horrific incident that well, occurs. Well, what happens is, I won't, no spoilers, but they're like they're basically approached by a couple who convinces them to come on a little day trip with them, and then after that, sort of trouble ensues, right. and they and find they, that they they're they're unable to. I mean, this is not a spoiler. They're not able to escape the island, right? Uh, so easily, but they're given. They're but sort they're of given, given a choice that I think brings them to have to grapple with. Uh, uh, again, with I'm trying to be vague here. Yeah, with, but like there's sort of like moral compass and sort of what, right. um, yeah, it kind of begs the question: what's like kind of seems okay to people? What becomes okay to people when given the opportunity to decide? I'm gonna pull a fast one here, Laura, uh-huh. and I'm gonna go ahead and reveal my top four or oh, my, shit. my number four, which Whoa. is Infinity Pool. Oh my god! Just so, just so we can kind of you know keep this conversation. Oh yeah, yeah, okay, there. okay, okay, yeah. So my number four is also Infinity Pool. Oh, not also. Five. Mine's number five. Or uh, What I mean is, yes. <laughs> and I'll tell you why number five is Infinity Pool. Because number four is... <laughs> Something better. <laughs> Presumably. Uh, nah. Well, okay. I'll tell you why Infinity Pool is number five. Okay. Because number four is something else. And number three is Wild Hearts Can't Be Broken, which came out in 1991. But was a good movie that I watched well, a couple days ago. Well, you're your number three right now? Sure. Oh boy! Well, so, don't wait. don't worry about it. Well, look, we'll talk I, about it later, though. Oh, I'm just okay. no, yeah. That's just a little preview. <laughs> don't even remember that. I just forget I said anything, people. Um, so visually, to get back to Infinity Pool, I just felt like this movie was was uh, was really cool. Like yeah. especially in the kind of more like psychedelic moments. Of yeah, it, I th- I felt like the way they portrayed those uh, just like the surreal moments. Yeah, those like <laughs> surreal moments were so cool and like really had a unique uh, like flavor to it all. Like it, it felt um, it felt like that's where he was kind of putting that practical energy of his of his father in a way like mm-hmm. that was kind of reminding me of a David Cronenberg esque thing. Um, oh, wait, Existence was by David Cronenberg seen it and loved it. Yeah, that's a great movie. Who said that? Uh, Nicole Van Est. Nicole Vanist, yeah. Nice, nice. Um, yeah, and I felt like the performances were great. Mia Goth is uh, she plays Alex she Alexander Skarsgård's uh, wife, or are they no. just a couple? Just, no, no, no. Like, she plays the one who sort of lures. Oh, guys, we don't want to give spoilers, but not the wife. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, I'm totally. Yeah. <laughs> or not the girlfriend or whatever, fiance. Right, 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 right. Well, she plays a major role in mm-hmm. things that complicates things for Alexander Alexander Skarsgård, and I felt like her performance really carried the film. Uh, like she was my favorite in in this in this movie. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, it was a it was an I thought it was a movie that you can kind of get lost in and sort of just sit back and enjoy. And the sci-fi element like reveals itself uh, to to uh, it, 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 uh, it I hate the term forward. sci-fi because it just kind of paints a different image than what this movie is. You know what I mean? It doesn't feel like it's in the world of sci-fi. You know, it's not like I guess it's more like space, but there uh, are science. Twilight Zone esque, right? There's, like um, there's this there's fantastical that elements right. that are not available in our world today. Right. <laughs> but I felt like because I didn't know it. I didn't know what those were, and so of course I'm not going to say them either. Yeah. But I didn't know what those were going into it, and I thought it resulted in some really. Uh, 
like memorable sequences, you know, yeah. that, that like still, it's like the thing I remember about the movie is what some of those like later sequences kind of entail because of like this really, I think, unique and creative setup. Like, I, I think it just was a, it's just like a great idea executed really well. Yeah, I thought it was fun. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was a, it was a, it was a fun, it was a romp. Yeah. <laughs> I really hate to say this, but I gotta use the bathroom. Number oh, one, yeah. people. Number one, um, not number two. <laughs> go ahead. Um, can I be fast? Go ahead. Okay, go be, be right fast, back. and I'll and I'll read some comments here. Okay. So Laura will be right back. Let's uh let's check in with the comments. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Max and Nikki, what's up? The fly has awesome, grotesque, practical effects. Uh, yeah, totally. Like I think the fly for me is the David uh is yeah the David Cronenberg film that I remember the most. Like I saw that when I was a kid. And I've seen it many times since, but like I remember as a kid, that one really um, blew me away because it's. I think when you see a film that has incredible practical practical effects like that, it especially when you're a kid too, you you have the sense that it that it is real, like that that what you're seeing really happened or something. And I remember that movie just being like so wild. I just couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, how do they? <laughs> He's like part fly. Like this is crazy. Uh, also. Uh, Je- Jeff Goldblum uh, gives a great performance in that too. I think we actually did that for this show too, back in the old day. So if you want to hear more of our thoughts on the fly, one of our older episodes out there, uh, you can do that. And speaking of older episodes too, um, this is our 121st episode. So for anyone who's new to this show, you got a whole big old backlog of stuff that you could uh, scroll through too um, on all the major pod- podcast services if you want to like check out some of our uh previous reviews what else have people said up in here um another shout out from uh bryce for succession i totally agree like succession as far as tv goes um succession and also uh the curse i felt like were two of the of the best shows that came out this year and the thing is of course with succession you kind of have needed to have seen four other seasons for i think this season to like hit in the way that it did but uh the curse i which i want to shout out to is a tv series that is just one season it did uh it uh like just came out i think it started just a couple months ago but it just finished up um it's uh it's a comedy uh, like a, a very strange uh comedy series also starring emma stone and uh Oh my God! Why am I forgetting his name? You know. Wait, what? Oh, oh, Benny, Benny, uh, Benny Safty. Benny Safty, of course. But you know the class. Oh, oh, Nathan oh, Fielder. Oh, Nathan, Nathan Fielder. Fielder. Yeah. I don't know why I was forgetting. Uh, Nathan Fielder um, and Benny Safty co co created this series. Emma Stone stars in it. Um, just wrapped up, and I feel like now having seen the ending too, I just felt like it 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 fully it as a whole season it just incredible start to finish i just started the show so say nothing more oh yeah no i i, would, I started like episode I, dare, one. I dare not give a single thing away um but yeah i uh highly recommend that show to everyone by the way just an update on the candle i had to blow it out no offense no 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 offense taken <laughs> i think i'm eating it have you ever eaten that 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, like when a candle is going and then you suddenly feel like you're eating it. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was happening. No, it was going for, you know, approximately two hours. I was here. like, why does it? my mouth taste like some kind of there's something in it? <laughs> and then I remembered. Oh, yeah. All right, Laura. Let's uh, uh, let's keep on cruising. We're, we're almost done with our lists here. Uh, we're going to number four for Laura. Okay. Number four for Laura. Um, well, okay. I had, I guess, yeah, it was interesting because I wasn't sure which one I was going to put here and which I was, I was going to put it over five, but I ended up going with the other one. So Anatomy of a Fall at number four. Mm. You know, again, I mean, this is, <coughs> um, it's fine, you know? It's a fine movie. It's not my favorite <laughs> movie. Um, <laughs> but I did think there were some interesting moments and great moments, you know, in terms of, well, like this, the latter half of the movie. I think that like it spent a really long time not getting to the point that eventually it makes, you know? And so I think that for that, I just, I take points off. <laughs> or it just feels a bit, in the words of Anton Patzner, <laughs> clinical. And I can see why he says that. And I do have to say, like, I can't argue that. You know what I mean? Like the whole... Oh, but I think that's totally the point, though. Well, yeah, but it's like, do we really need to... I mean, that's not... It's not... Well, yeah. I mean, hey, I don't know. It, it's it's just as a watch like can, do we have to watch and experience that clinical like quality so excessively or can we kind of get that point and then make it more interesting well before i kind of <laughs> you know what i mean like sooner up, <laughs> let's uh mention that this is uh justin uh, justine triet uh, she's a French filmmaker. Um, oh, yes. I actually haven't seen any of her other films. So, Chad, yeah. if, if you've seen other things and, and you want to maybe shout out which ones I should see, let me know. But uh, Starring Fal- Sandra Huller. Yes. And Swan Artward, who I thought was very good. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then Milo Mikado. That's, I think the, that's, that's the boy. Was he the boy? Uh, Milo Mikado Granet. I don't know if that's how you say his last name. But yes, he was the little boy. He was the little boy. He was very. So good. to set it up, why don't you just briefly say what Anatomy of Fall is about? Like in Anatomy of Fall is a, it's a drama, I would say, movie about um, basically there's a death in a family, and it become it's a murder mystery. What am I saying? It's basically uh, the a mo- movie is spent largely trying to figure out whether or not the mother is guilty of killing her husband or not. Right. Um, which you are um, you'd see parts of the incident but of course minus some key we, moments yeah there's not enough information like given to us for us to know for sure oh I mean like at, at first like I mean basically like the whole movie is based around try, it's like a court case trying to figure out whether or not somebody's guilty it's a classic murder mystery setup but I do think that the film to call it a murder mystery I think sets is misleading it up sets it up like it's uh going to be a thriller and i would not call this a thriller as much as i would call it oh yeah like a dra- it's it's a character it's a study and a it's like a character study on a on a person going through this <laughs> like no. it's very much focused on um uh the character that San- sandra huller plays uh the oh her name actually is sandra too in, in the film oh, the character yeah. she plays is sandra um so it's focused on sandra the wife and just like her she's in i think almost every single scene and it's very focused on like her current feelings like what, well, she's what not in every scene by the way yeah but, she, but i just mean like it's very focused on her and kind of what she is going through when she is put in this place of like needing to defend herself onto whether or not she did it and you of course as the audience don't know but it kind of it isn't really i think the point of the film to right. be like oh did she or did she not do it like it's more about like Why? what would it be like <laughs> to be in this position 
Well, I think also that, I mean, a lot of, I feel like the takeaway from the movie for me was very much expressed in the last like 10 to 15 minutes of the movie. And again, I don't want to give any spoilers away, but, um, but I think that that was an interesting insight too. What I think my takeaway from the movie was, was a real insight into kind of our condition as, I mean, the condition of like Western society and how we approach situations like this in, in general, kind of like how the judicial system of like democracy in, in general, how it works and the way, the things that we think that are important and the things that we incriminate a person based upon are maybe something that we should look at and examine and reconsider, you know? Um, that's my takeaway from it at least. And so I think that, uh, and I think it just, it highlights, it sort of, yeah, it underscores things that are problematic in our systems that we engage in currently, like in as a society and like in, in terms of the law and how it works and and uh, how those those practices embed themselves in our kind of our values and the way that we judge people, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and, and so, um, I don't know. I think, and that's something that's a very much a, a problem that we're encountering currently. Like, I think in, in general, like the issues that continue to surface with just like in terms of our social dynamics right now, just current times you know i just feel like it was very relevant to that you know and uh, i thought that was good so there you go i'm also going to just chime in really quick just yeah. to keep this conversation moving that my number three is anatomy of a fall <laughs> okay. uh yes uh i think anatomy of fall is is totally incredible i think it's definitely a must-see movie of the year i thought that uh sandra huller gives maybe one of the best performances of the year too in this like i felt like where she kind of brings the character into this gray zone the entire time for me where I constantly was I mean of course you're wondering like if it like did she kill him or did or did she not like you know of course we're wondering that the whole time but I think what she brings to it is more than just that and it's like uh empathy to it to what um what she <laughs> has to like go through by sitting in these courtrooms and and recounting these like really intense uh moments not just of course from the kind of events that transpired surrounding uh her husband's death but also moments before that too that um i found to be deeply affecting and like really uh ex like extremely well acted too um when you're kind of getting these insights into their relationship as well like you mm -hmm. kind of know what i'm talking about mm -hmm. again i don't want to like yeah yeah get into spoilers or anything but like you get a lot of um you get a lot of moments where she where you see these other sides of her like you're kind of seeing the her that is in these in this courtroom of course that's like needing to you know defend um, herself yeah defend herself and um and i also think like like as a woman too in the courtroom uh primarily like surrounded by men and like she's talking about like this uh her husband who's died and like i think there's this there's like oh is she capable of doing this or not and i think like um when i, I think like when they when they when you start to get more insight into who the husband is and their relationship dynamic and maybe potential um reasons why it could it could she could have done it <laughs> mm -hmm. um or reasons why you know maybe she's like justified or like not justified of course but like r reasons that would justify for you like why she might have gone to such extremes um i just felt like as things were getting uncovered i was i just couldn't stop watching like it was it was totally gripping to me the, mm. the whole time um 
and yeah, and to me, I think the performance really like put it over the edge. The kid's really good too. Mm-hmm. The kid is really good. Um, yeah, and I just think uh, I think that there were things about it that were really relatable. You know, yeah, like uh, in terms of the uh, the dynamics of the relationships happening. Mm-hmm. So that was yeah. I don't know. Pretty good. All right. Should we keep it moving? Yeah. Uh, Laura, your number. My number three. Three. Okay, so here I'm gonna insert a little something called um, <laughs> "Wild Hearts Can't Be Broken," a great movie that came out in 1991 that I watched <laughs> two nights ago and realized I love this movie. Now I'm not saying it's not without problems. Wait, why? I mean, I'm not saying that it's without problems. Can't be broken. Yes. Uh, okay, directed by. Uh, and this is from what? Steve Miner. This is from, from 1991. It's a, div- a Disney movie about about one girl's dream to be a horse diver in the 1930s who dares to follow her dream and look at I just like the movie you know this is an example of a movie that in in it utilizes the types of filmmaking visuals and lighting and just like traditional techniques of filmmaking that I really like you know what I mean and that are fun I'm not saying, like I said, it's not it's not without some issue. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, I think that the music in the movie is, you know, it does leave something to be desired, especially on the second half of the movie. I don't know why it went down that path, but overall, the main the lead um, actress Gabrielle Anwar, amazing, so engaging to watch, beautiful, and just such a brilliant actress, and just uh, I just love that era of movies you know i don't know it just really took me back and it just i feel that it's a style of movie making that really you don't see very much nowadays like at all and um i feel that it's an example of something that i would have you know yeah certainly not present in any of the movies that i saw this year and although i will say that my number one i really did like a lot um just, uh, I just wanted to throw this in as a little sort of wild card, Joker <laughs> card, as they say. Wait, sorry. But no. a fun movie. And it's 1991. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm just attempting to put Watched it. Watched it two nights ago, there. though, so why not? Oh, I guess we're in 2024. Whatever, people. You know? This okay. is not a professional show. We're just hanging out. <laughs> no, I love it. I, you know, I, <laughs> I, I'm quite shocked, and maybe this is still on the list, but I, I'm quite shocked oh. it wasn't Little Women. So um, oh, well. for it to be Wild Hearts Can't Be Broken uh sure sure you know good enough <laughs> mild hearts can't be broken is of the same era that little women could be like i feel that they could easily be on a list of movies to watch from the 90s that are you know featuring young women <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, uh but i do enjoy little women quite a bit and uh, it is in my <laughs> of course <laughs> For those who don't know i like that movie a lot and some of you might think it's lame but i like it and i love it actually and we'll probably watch it tonight as a reminder <laughs> instead of uh, instead of any of the films in my top ten that I don't know. you haven't seen, we'll see. I think you would love all of *A Strangers*, to be honest. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, well, so if sorry. you haven't seen *Wild Hearts Can't Be Broken*, maybe see it, maybe don't. You know, you might not like it, but I liked it. Bryce Shell says I love in the it. chat, uh, "Have you seen *Jurassic Park*? So good. I have. It is good. Is it one of my favorites from the time? I don't know." I mean, it it's funny because I wasn't like in love with that movie when it came out, though I've watched it actually many times in the recent past because my child is into it. My husband really liked that movie growing up. And I do like the music a lot, you know, great music. Um, but it just wasn't always one of my favorites. But, you know, watching it again, it's pretty darn good. What are you going to say? <laughs> I mean, it's a good movie, you know. That's beautiful. Come on. 
it's a good classic flick. I mean, I haven't seen it myself, so you I guess haven't? I can't really speak to it. You now. have Wild never Hearts. seen Jurassic Park? No, I've seen Jurassic Park. Sorry, oh. I, thought you were, I thought we were back to No, Wild no, Hearts, we're talking about Jurassic Park. Oh, boy. Well, yes, I've seen Jurassic Park. What do you think of that? Oh, it's a great movie, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, come on. Is it, what are you going to do? Is it one of my top 10 films of 2023? Can't say so. Can't How about so. Of, ni- of the 90s? Um, uh, is it in my top 10 of the 90s? Yeah. Well, the 90s are kind of an incredible time for films. So are. I don't know if it would crack my top 10. Okay. But that doesn't mean it's not great. I mean, it's mm, a great film. Mm, mm-hmm. I'd have to really think about that one. You know what right. I mean? Uh, Lainey, what's up? Lainey Gorman in the chat says, Laura oh, Dern, hi. exclamation point, exclamation point. And that's true. You know, she, she really kills it with her look. She's in that, yeah. In that. It's an iconic look. And then uh, her performance incredible it's fine I think, it's I think fine Lainey, did incredible i don't know but oh come on well i mean it's not like a role that would merit Iconic. the word incredible it's I just like it's a fine wasn't that it's kind of good enough wasn't that her breakthrough what it's a person no no no. That, oh my god no it's jurassic totally park no we're i'm thinking of a uh, of uh blue blue velvet blue velvet yeah. now that okay yes we can talk about an incredible performance but like jurassic park it's just okay she does the job you know what are you gonna do it's All not right. like it would merit like something to it wouldn't merit the adjective incredible you know it's not like that it's just she's just doing the job bryce is recommending a, a show that i think um or an episode <laughs> top 10 could, I, hey I uh, a, an episode that we could, that could do. work he says that sounds like a good episode top 10 of the 90s i like now, that thinking, would be bryce. that would be speaking to laura's uh you know love language is perhaps, you say. perhaps all right uh number two number two for me is poor things oh wow uh, oh, oh, oh okay yeah, poor things baby yeah, poor things yoga slanthimos we talked about it earlier i mean um i kind of was chiming in but <coughs> i mean to say why i have it so high on my list for me i felt like this movie again was sort of like yorgos lanthimos finding uh, a way to bring his signature style even closer to like i guess um to, to like a wider appeal while not losing what i think makes it uh so special and so unique for me Obviously, I've loved his films for a long time, um, and and the more I watch them too, like I think the more that I love them. And Poor Things for me was uh, just like this. Uh, for me, the the sexual aspect of it was quite important. I felt like to uh, kind of show. Um, well, okay, what I loved about the movie was the concept being this, uh, you know, adult woman body with uh, mind of a child or mind of a baby, really. Um, you're kind of like watching her accelerated growth, um, you know, from essentially like infant brain to learning much more about the world uh, over the course of the film's runtime. Mm-hmm. And, you know, outside of Emma Stone's incredible performance with that, I felt like what that was actually like saying and, and the kind of stages that you're seeing her go through were, um, I felt like really well done. Like you're kind of seeing her, you know, I, I think like, it's going into these base, um, you know, uh, experiences that we all have, uh, you know, and I think sexual needs, of course, is this base instinct that we all have. And that being like a huge component of the film and kind of her uh, sexual awakening, even through the film, like the kind of stages it goes through where it's fumbling around in the beginning with, you know, objects <laughs> even to start. But then as the film progresses, it's like, she explores what it means to be in um like uh, what it means to be in a relationship with with a man and then also like not understanding even why 
uh, like what jealousy even is, like what that component is in a sexual sense. And like having to learn the kind of like human decencies of society as she's kind of going, like she's, she, other people around her are telling her like, Oh no, 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 that's not how this works because this is this, but because she is like, because of her unique circumstances, she is, um, Free it, from the confines of social uh, right, exactly. influence. And so you're you're getting these, like, I think really interesting ways that the and film is compass. interrogating that and, like, making it about, um, like, why are these things even, like, why are they the societal norm? And I think it's kind of getting into that with, like, why, why is, like, uh, you know, um, like monogamy or also, like, uh, I think when she is uh, exploring sex work even, too, like, why is that considered... Um, maybe like a, a looked down upon form Frowned of... Frowned upon? Yeah, uh, like form of... Uh, employment? Oh, employment and also sexual... Um, engagement? Engagement, yes, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. I, I thought that it was... Um, I felt like this, where it all goes and where it all builds to, for me, I, I felt like it was a, it was like a symphony. It, like I felt like it was just hitting so many points um, and... And on top of that, I also just, I personally thought that it was hilarious. Like I cracked up the the first time I watched this, and the second time as well. We we saw it together actually, um, not too long ago, mm-hmm. in theaters. Uh, that was my second time seeing it, and it's like one of those films that, uh, to me, it is not only. Um, I mean, it's pretty rare that I watch a film more than once. Actually, mm-hmm. <laughs> usually I'm kind of like one and done, even for some of my favorite films. But poor things to me, it was just like. Uh, I just wanted to like visually it's also there's just so much going on and like so much to um, I don't know to see in the world that he's created with all these kind of like chapters that it goes through that I just wanted to see it all again but also like uh, see Emma Stone's performance again and like the subtleties that she brings to it from scene to scene anyways uh, Mm -hmm. I could talk a long time about this movie but I think Poor Things is definitely one of the best of the year and a total must-see for sure. Hmm. What are people saying in here? Um, they mostly agree with you, I think. Nicole saying... Or Nick. Nicole yeah. agrees. N- Nicole says, Emma Stone's acting was incredible. I didn't see her as Emma Stone when, when watching the movie. Yeah, I agree. I felt like she she really, like... <laughs> she also, uh, as the film goes on, I think does a really good job of making her transformation believable. Because I think there's a... There's a a huge arc for her character and she makes that pretty huge arc quite believable in my opinion the whole way whereas i think with a lesser uh, actor i think i think you might not have bought uh some of the turns that her character takes but i thought she did a great job at, at selling that hmm. um any, any further comments on poor things um mm, i feel that i pretty much said what i thought about it you know i just Mm -hmm. it just you know i i don't know it just wasn't uh i forgot (laughs) (laughs) all right laura's number two film of 2023 um what's it gonna be yeah oh my number two yeah um number two for moi was are you there god it's me margaret contrary to my expectations wow okay this was a great example of a movie that i went into with extremely low low expectations low standards um just totally in the mood to what, sit back and watch a junk are you there, food movie it's some, or what i thought was going to be a junk food movie was very pleasantly surprised by a brilliant performance by a young abby writer fortson amazing little actress you know i mean 
and I say little because she's young, whatever, but she's not little in terms of her performance and her ability. Um, and I thought that the directing was very good, directed by Kelly Freeman Craig. I don't know. Have you been aware of this movie? Uh, I've just heard the name, so I actually don't know much about this <laughs> Okay, movie. it's based on a book that I was a big fan of growing up. Um, so those of you who read the book... I think you would like this movie. You know, it was very true to the writing. And uh, I mean, look at there. It wasn't like a perfect movie, you know. And again, I went into it with very low expectations. So probably my response was a lot grander than maybe it would have been had I had as high a bar of expectations as I had for poor things. So what, what's it about really quick? Oh, it's just about um, a young girl. It's a coming of age movie. A mm -hmm. 13 year or like a 12 slash 13 year old girl. Just... Um, growing up and li like living life day to day and in, mm -hmm. in um, where does she move to? She was living in New York and then she moves to, mm, I want to say Connecticut or somewhere that's not the city and just yeah, kind of the trials find. and tribulations of being a junior high school kid, okay. you know, of being a, an adolescent. Coming of age. Yeah. Coming of age and kind of what it's like to, you know, all the different sort of issues that you encounter in that age, like religion, you know, having to, ch if you're in a, by religious uh household what that means for you as a junior high school kid what does it mean when you like a boy for the first time what does mm -hmm. it mean when you haven't gotten your period yet and you want to get <laughs> things like that it's just it's just classic coming of age stuff and it's very fun and i don't know i just thought it was a fun good well acted movie and mm -hmm. uh strangely enough benny Sa uh benny safty is in mm -hmm. it which oh I, he's in it yeah like that was a totally random thing that he plays the father of margaret in this movie and oh, well, um, there he is, yeah. that was just not expected at all i mean it's funny because after i watched that movie it was on my list that night to start watching the curse for the first episode mm -hmm. and did you I recognize did, him in the first episode by the way n n well the for at first for a second i was like is that betty safety because i had just seen him in are you there god it's me margaret yeah. had no idea that he was in either of those mm -hmm. and the fact that he's in both of those was such a weird thing because what the hell is he doing in a movie like Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret, when the movies I had known him from were like Good Time and Uncut Gems? Both of which he directed with his brother, Josh Safdie. Yeah, and which are like high, sort of high stakes, like fast-paced, intense, gritty, you know, kind of fly by the seat of your I pants. I think The Curse, though, is a little bit more his usual style. Like, What do you mean I by usual? I mean, uh, usually he does. I feel like we haven't really seen that much of his work other than the two great, you know, I mean, well, I had my opinions about Uncut Gems, which... I know, look at, it's it's a good movie. It just wasn't my favorite. I loved Good Time. I don't know what else he did, but I'll, I do uh, think... He did Heaven Knows What, which I really loved. Oh, I haven't and seen that. And a lot that. of people loved da they Daddy did. Long Legs, which I have not oh, seen. Oh, I didn't see that either. <clears throat> but Heaven Knows What is great too. But I, I think mean, that they're this is, great. by the way, a co-directing. Like, yeah. He, he's... Um, yeah, with his he brother. always co-directs with his brother and they go by the Safdie brothers. Right. But uh, I mean, there's been a yeah, bunch of new, you know, about the news lately that they're st they're set their parting ways. Yeah. So like yes. Benny is now um, uh, likely directing his next movie solo. But Josh Safdie is already, I think, well on his way into directing the next movie solo, which I think the rumor is that it's going to star Adam Sandler. But then there's oh. also like another rumor that maybe that uh, film is is falling through so I guess we'll just have to wait and see but definitely they are uh, going solo <laughs> uh -huh. for the time being which is a bit of a bummer because 
I, I think that they're a great duo. But anyways, we're getting kind of far from the point of. Okay. Well, anyways, yeah, I really, I enjoyed Are You There, Guys? When I watched this movie, I walked away from it being like, you know what? This was a movie I can honestly just say I liked. <laughs> uh-huh. And the other ones, I couldn't honestly just say that. I had no, to really think about it. You know, I had to really come up with reasons why, you know, I either liked or didn't like them. It was just kind of, this was a very straightforward, okay, this is a fun watch. Uh-huh. And it's actually like not bad, you know? Oh, well, now I'm interested. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I, I mean, had heard it's just the like name, a pretty good movie, and it's it's more akin to like a '90s coming of age movie in a way. I mean, there's some things about it that are, you know, again, there's like a little bit of, you know, I guess cringe, but that's okay. <laughs> if you put that aside, it's pretty good. <laughs> and uh, Kathy Bates is in it. You know, she's pretty good, and um, uh, also um, Rachel McAdams of the notebook fame and other such tales as that i mean she's in a lot of other stuff mean girls um i don't know anyway but she's good and uh yeah l graham also plays one of the lead roles of as uh, a friend one of the friends of the main person who plays margaret or i should say one of the friends of margaret's played by l graham also a very good actress and just uh, I thought that there were some really great moments, really fun, ex- ex- really fun moments in that movie. So check it out, people. Love it. All yeah. right. Should okay. we get into our number one? Yes. Uh, wow. We're running I'll, in. I'll be starting with our with my number one and then we'll get to Laura's. So <clears throat> my number one, number one film. Oh, of yeah. Wow. Okay. 2023. Oh, my God. Bo is Afraid. Wow. Baby. Oh, my God. Bo is Afraid by Ari, written and directed by Ari Aster. Oh, shit. Um, look, I think Bo, I think uh, Ari Aster is is one of uh, one of our greatest modern directors. Obviously, y'all know that I loved Hereditary and I loved I. Midsommar. Um, I. I just think it's like, you know, he's a hit after hit. Bo is Afraid obviously is a different turn for him. I mean, we talked a bit about this earlier, too, but I do want to, like, uh, say some deeper thoughts on this. Like, I think that this is this is him. This is him taking a pretty uh, like a kind of a, a swing for the fences, if you will. You know, like he's kind of going he's just like trying out some crazy shit um but has been given uh the budget which is kind of incredible in and of itself that he got like the budget to make this pretty insane film uh and you know a24 distributing it uh and everything and i believe also producing it too um anyways like i think Uh oh i didn't love it by the way nick nicole but it's okay no offense go ahead (laughs) sorry nicole said glad you both loved bo was afraid because it seems pretty it is on your top 10 but it's yes but again that's not saying much but yeah well i thought it was fine i want to get into that though so nicole uh her comment says uh glad you both love bo was afraid because it seems pretty divisive online it is so this is obviously a very divisive movie um and i think i think that is to be expected when you uh attempt to do something that pushes the boundaries you know like i think this is a boundary pushing film and for me personally it 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 really fucking worked uh despite multiple things in the film that i actually thought were like that really did not work for me but for me like if you if you take enough risks and uh uh like if 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 you're pushing things as much as this film is i think you're bound to miss for for like something's going to miss for someone uh like whoever sees this movie i highly doubt anyone watches this movie and is like loved it loved it loved it loved it loved it like i'm i when i talk to people about this movie there's always like one or two things that they're like oh yeah that part didn't really work for me but for me i think it's worth looking past that because 
the uh, like everything else that worked for me didn't just kind of work for me it was like oh shit there was like i can think of just 10 plus things off the top of my head where these moments in this film where i was just like holy shit i, I like i can't believe that happened or i can't believe they did it like this or i can't believe like he went there or that or that it took this turn whatever or like visually even i think uh it's just on another level and so despite the problems I have with it, which like there were kind of, I always think about like two huge problems I had with it, like two sequences that absolutely did not work for me. Despite that though, I just felt like this is, this is totally worth celebrating and worth championing because I want to see filmmakers be taking these kinds of risks and not be afraid to, to fuck it up a little bit. Like I, I don't mind fucking it up a little bit if you... I love a taking of a risk as right, well. Right. And I totally applaud that, you know? And, and you, I like the spirit of that. Right, right. But you didn't think it was <laughs> successful here. No, it's not that I didn't think it was successful. It just didn't... I just didn't like it, you know, is all. Like uh-huh. I didn't like being in that world. So I just... Yeah, for I mean, me, it, it wasn't something that I... But I said, like, I could look at it and say, this is a good movie. Right. It just wasn't for me. Right. Oh, I mean, and I think another part of the divisiveness for sure is that too, like what you're talking about, like the tone of it is quite intense. <laughs> and uh, like this is a film that despite it being my number one is not a film that I would just like easily recommend to everyone. It's just my personal <laughs> favorite film. Yeah. But like I would say, so, for example, like Poor Things, my number two is a far more, is a film that I would recommend to more people. I, again, I don't think it's for everyone either, but like, that's the kind of film that I think more people would be into. I uh-huh. I totally get I why people that. hate. I, I get why people hate this movie. Actually, like, not even just kind of don't like it, but I understand why why it it fully does not work for certain people. And I also kind of tell people too, like, if you start this movie and you watch like the first twenty to thirty minutes, and you and and that isn't working for you, then I don't think I just I think at that point you're already going to know <laughs> if the film's uh, humor and sensibilities are going to be for you or not and for me i know for me like i was i was in hysterics Mm. for that opening um kind of fourth i guess a fifth of the film which i'm sure if you've seen the film you know what i'm referring to oh Uh, i forgot just like in the city like when he when in his apartment and everything that kind of transpires around his apartment when he like like, walks outside and stuff well yeah that but also but like everything that's going on like with him kind of uh before he like really leaves his uh, apartment and block oh i forgot oh look i don't want to give anything away but i know i know don't say it right now <laughs> but, but the film kind of like has like chapters that's the thing it kind of has chapters i would say and um like very distinct chapters of like he's here and then now he's here and just that also i don't even think we mentioned what the film was about when we were talking about it earlier but right. it's about joaquin phoenix plays uh this character Bo, and it's a quite simple setup he uh he's going to go see uh his mother uh, to, to leave things vague. Um, he, but along the way, everything is going wrong. Um, I think that's the best way to like, not really get into specifics, but I think Nicole got it right though. The what? movie is a fun and extreme portrayal of anxiety or maybe even like bipolarism or just, you know, maybe even schizophrenia. Yeah. Oh, that's totally another thing I want to shout out too. is like, I feel like it did an incredible job of, um, putting you in the shoes of someone who thinks that everything is out to get him. Yeah. You know, like it, it, uh, it, it totally creates that feeling for you as the audience, how it would be to, to be him. Like you're, you're very much with Bo the whole, and, and his, uh, perspective on the world. So like the world he, in his, in his head, everything is just out to get to him. So then like 
things literally are like out to you know kill him or or whatever like these small things kind of blow up in his head uh but you get to you get to see that from his eyes and i think it did um an incredible job at that but yeah again it's like it's not going to work for everyone but for me damn i mean i I just was like this was another just hit a a home run if you will uh for ari aster and i'm really excited for whatever he does next uh-huh. All right, Laura, should we get to your... My number one. Number one. Yeah, wow, this didn't even make your top ten, but I thought Past Lives was great. Actually wow. great. Actually, like, a legitimately good, serious movie that I could take seriously. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I really okay. did think it was very, very good. Okay. And I thought that the writing was good. There was so much subtlety and, yet and like, nuance that was so effective in just pulling you into a real dynamic going on here between two people and um and actually three people and i loved the way that you know the different um perspectives that we get to have on each character how it shifts when they're into these different contexts and um and can i try the nuance of that with you a know. little bit of information too oh, about the film. Okay, sorry. So directed by Celine Song, mm-hmm. who this Written was her, and, directed. and this was her pre, like her debut. This is her debut feature. So yeah. applaud that. I mean, my God, she should be. I feel like <clears throat> this is probably one of the lesser. Although I guess I've seen it on some lists, but like it seems like it's not getting anywhere near as much praise as some of these. Oh other my God, movies. are you kidding me? It's oh, like is it? it's totally. It's like. Number one on many lists. I know. I number think IndieWire put it uh, as their number one film of the year. Really? Which is like a, a huge. Oh, I thought like Greta Gerwig was way more like the number one. No, movie. not amongst like critics. Really? No. Oh, okay, great. Past Lives is getting a lot of love. Well, it should because it's good. I don't think as many people saw it, of course, as Barbie, but I think right. that's just to be expected because of the kind of movie it is. Yeah, but also, I don't know. It seemed like Saltburn was maybe getting a little more love than this movie. Not but love, but buzz. Buzz, yeah. I think, I mean, that's not to be mistaken because, I okay. mean, yes, Saltburn is getting a lot of people talking. Uh-huh. It doesn't, I would say it's not like a beloved film that like critics are going crazy for okay. in fact i don't think saltburn is doing very well critically i think it's more just like commercially okay well good and it should be number one because you know what it's good it's it's well done it's just it's it's not trying to do too much it just simply like is existing i felt like it actually really for me hit a lot of the same um marks as like uh, call me by your name you know okay, it was just okay. sort of like a, sli- a sort of a slice of life and um uh, you know just a kind of character dynamic well it was more it was definitely about like relationships and um but very much centered around a specific single figure i think that the real focal point of the movie was like the woman in the movie mm-hmm. the main oh, female figure yeah. but yet it's like and her well, her you should, you should mention too just briefly what it's about okay sorry it's about right it's about um Without any spoilers. Uh, it's okay. It's about a woman who... Well, it starts off as she's a child. She's 12 years old and in Seoul, Korea. And um, she is sort of... Uh, she's um, she's sort of a, a... What's it called? A uh, high achiever mm-hmm. in her class. And she's um, she is in sort of a... Not a... Like, she has a friend who's a boy that they seem to, you know, have a, a bond. And then one day, all of a sudden... And it's also... Uh, it's also 
articulated in the movie that her parents are kind of like these more artsy sort of creative types. Mm. And so they decide that they need to move away from Korea and move to the United States. So they move to um, Canada. Her mom, I think, is like a writer and then her dad is a filmmaker. And so when she moves away from Korea, it's a very sudden move. Well, doesn't she go she to leaves. New York City? First, they go to Canada and then eventually they make their way to New York City. Oh, okay. But, right. um, but yeah, she... She leaves like her friends behind and it's very sudden when she d- parts ways with her, you know, this this friend who's a boy mm-hmm. that they have a bond. And so 12 years go by when after she had left and then they kind of reconnect. Um, and that's, you know, one big portion of the movie is that reconnection um, at that point in their lives. And she kind of at that moment is in New York City and pursuing a writing career and is doing like a writer's retreat or whatever it is, you know, like in New York. Um, and uh, he is uh, an engineer, I guess, pursuing being an engineer or maybe he was like in the military at a certain point. But um, it kind of shows how they had changed at that point and also how their dynamic hadn't changed really and that they still kind of have a connection. And then then it also, so then eventually the movie uh, moves to another 12 years later after that. And it shows what the dynamic is at that point, and just that's basically yeah. It's the, like just a passage of, of time, and it's and just how about two people's relationship really. changes through time. <laughs> Excuse me, sorry. Um, but right. also, yeah. there's there's it's a, about a relation. It's about relations, relationships, and also growth, like individual growth, and yeah, it's just kind of slice of life, but um, also a, a study on on you know again the human condition, you know, and. Uh, in in a specific scenario, you know, we and got some people chiming in about past lives too. Uh, okay. Nicole says past lives made me cry, which was unexpected. Yeah, um, just felt very real. Josh says I did love the softness of it. Your brothers Max and Nikki said uh, I'd actually say the, that past lives is one of the top three best movies of the decade. So I don't know far, if I go that far, but I mean, hey, uh, of the year, a hundred percent. And that was Nikki to specify <laughs> who said okay. that. Uh, and then reminded us that it is on number uh, it's number one on many lists as did Nicole she said that um, many TikTok creators have also been putting it as their oh, number one and I also thought that um, it's, I'm not sure if I'm saying his name right but Tao Yu the main male counterpart in the mm-hmm. movie excellent acting performance in fact I almost felt that it sort of overshadowed um, Greta Lee's performance who was pretty the performances good performances were excellent yeah <laughs> so you saw the movie oh yeah what did you think of it I thought it was you very were like good. whatever. I thought it was very good. Oh really? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. I, thought, I thought that you it, were like lukewarm. It almost about it. cracked my top ten. I can't believe it did not hit your top ten. Like that's crazy to me. <laughs> for me personally, it was so, and mean, I'm not trying to rain anybody's parade, but for me, it just was like it was a little too uh, real? wispy and like oh. barely there, oh. and like I wanted a little bit more, more drama. From, not <laughs> necessarily more drama, but I just more wanted story? a little more more, nice. more action. Nah. More. <laughs> I think I just wanted like a more def- some like definitive uh you know things to have for me to have been like said from it. I, oh my I god! Th- I thought that what it didn't say was so poignant though. Like yeah, and I loved. I look. There's certain moments that I thought were incredible. Again, I'm not gonna spoil anything, but like yeah. I thought well, like uh, the last like 20 minutes of the movie. I thought that was incredible. incredible. Um, so I think like the 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 ending is incredible. I think like the setup is incredible. Obviously, like I. I, I think there were aspects of the story that I was deeply connected to. Yeah. But I don't know. There was just times in the movie where I felt like I just, I, I was 
fading a little in and out of like being super invested mm-hmm. personally but not okay, to say you're not alone in that f- sentiment i know a lot of people felt like that uh, but no i think i'm actually uh, more on the well i, know I think people most people who... love it <laughs> no but like i so yeah you know what really was made me you know i think partial to this movie part of it was and i really hate to say this having just seen poor things as being such a kind of like opposite end of the spectrum type oh, of sure, movie yeah. to compare to this. It was like so over the top, so kind of in your face with so many sensory experiences and, and elements. And it was like, in a way it really wasn't subtle. It felt more like we're watching a play, which as we know, like with plays, the acting is a little more exaggerated and it felt like that was what was going on in the Yorgos Lanthimos movie. So to watch this movie, kind of side by side with that it was so the opposite it was so subtle it was so nuanced and so kind of like quiet and reserved Mm -hmm. in that way that it just i felt so much more inclined to give this points because of the such like micro expressive um elements happening Mm -hmm. in the acting like with tao tao is it tao you i hate to not know how to pronounce his name but there's a moment in the movie when I think the lead character played by Greta Lee is telling him that she doesn't want to like, or okay, I don't even want to say what happens. She says something to him and his response is so subtle and it's just, you just see him and you don't really, I don't even know if you're supposed to notice it, but there was just this moment where he like swallows and you see his throat go. And that to me, it spoke volumes. I was like, oh my God, that was so good. (laughs) I was like, damn, he really did a good job right then. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And just without saying anything, without doing too much movement, you know, it was just so much more effective for me, you know? And, um, And I just felt like he was so dynamic there was just so much dynamicism in 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 involved between the characters and in the character arcs Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know and so i thought that it was a it was a legitimately good movie i mean yeah and i think many people agree and but don't get me wrong and i like a like artsy you know i like movies that are vibrant and you know over the top and sure maximal it's just i I I need there to be a lot of like (laughs) i really need to feel a core sort of substantive connection that drive that there's just certain movies that stick with me that I think about for days and on end afterwards. And I don't know, for whatever reason, poor things didn't do that for me, but like a movie that but I not could, because it's maximalism. No, not because saying. of that. No, but I would say that the because maximalism was like, I think that it, it, it was overshadowed by the fact that I wasn't able to walk away feeling anything. And so it just made the maximalist aspect of it seem gratuitous and a little excessive, you know what I mean? And it felt like it, it almost felt like it cheapened those artistic endeavors, you know what I mean? That I normally would be all about. Like I could take a movie, for example, like The Cook, The Thief, His Wife, and Her Lover, which maybe I could compare very vaguely to the movie Poor Things. Like they could exist in the same like genre realm. Which yeah, they're that a bit grotesque. Movie, I love that movie. As like to I, me, yeah. I walked away from that feeling a lot of things. And, you know, a lot of, it just stuck with me. You know what I mean? And I just felt like there was a certain kind of core substance to it that was really engaging and interesting. And I don't know. Why Why did poor things not have that effect on me? I don't know. Well, I mean, look, I don't think it, I mean. <clears throat> you know what I mean? Also, um, like vice versa too, I like maximalist films, as you can see with my top two being Bo is Afraid and Poor Things, which I would consider both quite maximalist. But I also really love uh, subtle films too. It's not like I... I can't get into a vibe of like poor thing or uh, past lives um, for me, like anatomy of a fall, which was my number three is kind of that like 
uh, expert, subtle, subtle kind of like performance where like it's all in just like her face when she's being, you know, like she's giving her. Uh, oh my God. Yeah. Like, wow. So for me, that was like the past, I think the my pinnacle? past lives uh, or the oh. pinnacle of, of oh, sorry, a subtle. Sorry, in Poor Things? Or no, what movie? Anatomy of a Fall. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry. Okay. Anatomy of a Fall you were talking me, about poor things. to uh-huh. me is uh, I think kind of how you felt about um, mm. past lives, you know, like that to me was my favorite film that was like dealing in subtleties and dealing with like what's not being shown mm-hmm. um i mean yeah to, to, anyway really i just want to yeah. shout out too that like i love both ends of the spectrum as well like it's not it's not like past lives was uh yeah you know i didn't like it because it was subtle it was more right, like right. it's not like being one of those things is going to guarantee yeah, yeah. you're going to like a movie or not like a movie it's like it's got to just have something you know mm-hmm Okay. Um, well, look, we've gone pretty long. Oh, yeah. Hey, <laughs> so thanks wanna... to those generally around 20 people who stuck with us the whole time. Wow. Uh, yeah. Well, thanks I'm to impressed. everyone who, who was able to, to tune in today. Yeah. Like, we really appreciate it. And obviously, we've been gone for a long time, but we are getting back to a regular schedule here. So we're going to be um, doing our show every, every, uh, every other Sunday at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Again, uh, just as a reminder, we'll be live on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook. So if you want to... Oh, wait. Uh, Brent wants to chime in one more time. He's calling. Should we answer? Okay. Yeah, go ahead. All right. What, one quick word from, Speak from Brent. Speak your piece, Weinbach. Yes. Um, I just wanted to give you... I just thought... I just put together a real quick top 10 that I thought I'd just kind of put out there. <laughs> <laughs> all, all right. All right. Quick, top, quick, quick. Top 10 from Brent Weinbach. Top 10 list here. My number one is for sure. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, what, what? Oh, I was going to say maybe start with 10, you know? Yeah, start with 10. Like to kind of build it up. I know, I'm saying just as a preface that num- my number one is for sure. And my number two is probably pretty confident too, but three through 10 are sort of, I don't know, who knows, you know what I mean? All right, just jump in. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I don't know. It's kind of interchangeable maybe. And also, I didn't watch everything <laughs> this year, so uh, I don't know. This list is kind of arbitrary. But anyway, number 10, Blackberry. Number nine, Are You There, God? It's me, Margaret. Um, oh, wow. That's okay. It made your top ten. Look at wait, that. Wait, wait, wait. Number eight? Yeah, may, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Um, eight, May, December. Seven, Super Mario Brothers oh. movie. Six, Indiana Jones and the Dial of whatever. Five, <laughs> Get it closer. Uh, Asteroid City. Four, The Holdovers. Three, Anatomy of a Fall. And two, Bows Afraid. And then number one, Path Lives. Hell yeah. Oh, That's a, a very respectable The Holdovers. List. I guess I should watch that movie. Okay. I mean, you don't need to, but I mean. Whatever, okay. You know. <laughs> all right brent thanks right. for thanks for giving yeah, us a thank you for giving us an insight just, what what you i said thank you for the insight <laughs> i just well it's not an insight well it is an insight into my mind i suppose that's what i meant i just uh was gonna say that yeah you know i don't um i don't like things that are try- i don't like kind of obvious uh, whatever forget it all right that's it. <laughs> All I right. I like messages in movies too. I don't like messages. I don't like when messages are really just pounded in. I don't like preachy messages, or I don't like messages that are just not nuanced. You know, I like kind of more ambiguity and more thought-provoking messages, if that makes sense, or not 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 something that's just obvious cliche messages. Which I thought some movies, and I won't name names, were <laughs> kind of like that. You know, it's this year. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Well, you know All what. Right. I'll leave, I'll leave with this comment. I don't even care if there's a message, if there's not a message, whatever. If it's good, it's good. If I liked it, I liked it. You know? Yeah. I, it's whatever. At the end of 
I think the bottom line is whatever, whatever. Whatever, whatever. I think you guys, were you guys talking about Blackberry being a documentary? No, Dominic no, I, I thought was ask, that. And no, I said no, I was, no, I was asking that because I wasn't sure. He wasn't sure. It's, it's, um, but it is kind of shot in a sort of verite style, you know, so maybe you might have, I don't know, it has that verite style. It's made by Matt Johnson, who made the Dirties, and he made, he's part of Nirvana, the band, the show, and he's, a, he's really actually a very talented filmmaker, you know, Matt Johnson, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that we can all walk away from this year's movie with <laughs> this phrase, whatever, whatever. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> I think that sums it all up. Thanks for uh, yeah. calling in, Brent. I, I know we'll get you back on this show. Let me, let me speak my mind. Yeah, thank, thank, thank you for the platform. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Well played. Well played. Thanks for chiming in. Okay. All right. And we're going to sign off for, with you. With Bye. you. Yeah. I mean, with you specifically. With you specifically. Yeah, yeah, Bye, yeah. Brent. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, but we should wrap up, wrap up things here. So, um, again, uh, we'll be live in two weeks. Um Let's see. So that puts us at February 4th is our next uh, episode. Uh, we'll announce what movie we're going to review. That'll be like a classic episode uh, where we're going to review a film. We'll announce it probably a week before. Uh, so if you want to like watch it or whatever you can. But we also, it's of note, we always don't spoil the film for the first half of the review. So you can always uh, tune in and we, we make it very clear when we're going to like actually get into it. Uh, uh, story stuff however the spoiler parts are always the best times like we always have the best laughs at that point so i mean you feel free to feel free hang to, out yeah i mean whatever you so wish to do um and again the episodes are always posted to uh all the spot all the uh all the podcast apps such as spotify apple podcast google play stitcher soundcloud etc etc wherever you get your podcasts i always put those up on the wednesday after we record uh live so if you're an audio listener you're already listening on wednesday but um if you want to re-listen this will be up on wednesday um plugs do we have any plugs laura <laughs> Um, none other than the butt plug no just kidding um, uh, yeah we actually do have a show coming up Foxtails Brigade the full band will be performing a rare performance on February 11th at the makeout room oh my god it's yeah I forgot about that <laughs> by the way oh, that in fact, in fact yeah like uh, yeah this is actually me finding out about that show so. yeah sorry um, so that'll be happening on uh, Sunday February 11th come to that and if you're in San Francisco at the makeout room hell yeah sick yeah okay look uh fun to fun to be back i will say i will say this is uh this i missed this i missed doing the old totally tell it. me um so i'm glad we're back at it i'm glad we we took our our uh what what did we say three weeks off we were gonna do three weeks or whatever right um but look i'm i'm really happy to be back talking movies i obviously love to talk movies with you laura me too and i'm also i'm glad that this i'm watching movies again because <laughs> like to be honest <laughs> for the last couple of years i really wasn't as on top of my movie watching as i had been when we were doing totally tell me mm -hmm. well so now thank we'll thank you for that we'll at least be watching <laughs> movie every two weeks at least <laughs> so you know count us in for what 25 films then this year <laughs> 25 to keep me alive um so we'll be back in two weeks with a new episode of totally tell me again thanks so much everyone for uh tuning in for our first episode back and uh we will catch you later <laughs>